You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Uh, folks, this week, uh, this episode is a little bit different, as a lot of people know, but we have uh, some new listeners that have joined us recently, but as a lot of like, you know, uh, People that have been around for a bit know every once in a while we do some town halls mm-hmm. uh, where we kind of reach out to the community that we've been building and been a part of and, you know, cultivating yeah. and hear from them based on different topics and kind of learn their experience, kind of give over our platform to other people to give a chance to speak about things that are affecting them. Mm-hmm. And uh, this episode is about uh, the LGBT experience and what allyship looks like to those people, not to like a person who calls themselves an ally, but to the people who need that stuff from those people and what it looks like for them what you can do for them mm-hmm. um and i'm really excited uh to take some calls from some listeners and shut the fuck up and let them tell us about their experiences so in a, in a way i hope not but i wouldn't be surprised if this is a little true crime adjacent you know because you know this is a community that experiences a lot of violence and hate and so some people might have some st- some stories and some experiences that might be a little triggering to people so yeah, yeah. also i think this is you know when we do this town hall i think it's a very therapeutic type of environment where yeah. a lot of people don't get a chance to vent. get the stuff and get that off their chest where they can come here and do that with us and kind of spread the awareness for other people too that have like that been in a situation didn't know how to react yeah. or may need some type of you know advice and stuff like that so I, this this is why i really like doing it yeah so it also it hope, opens our eyes where we can be like oh we learned something new that we yes. never knew or we just ignored it because of whatever reasons or why how we doesn't affect up. me right because how we grew up yeah but, I love doing this, man. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for education. Um, I love doing these so much. Um, I'm looking to do more in the future for sure. I just, it's just sometimes the the topic, not sometimes. Every time we've done one of these, this will be the third one. The topic yeah. has always come to us. Yeah, you know, it's never been calculated. It's just been like what's happening in the media, something that's happening adjacent to somebody personal that we know, and and that's 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 the case for this. And this week uh, in this town hall, I'm really excited to be doing a phone call with a good friend of mine, Les, to talk about an experience that we had while we were on a trip together. And that's kind of the impetus of this whole idea for this episode is that um, I felt like I failed my friend. As I don't categorize myself as an, as an ally per se, because I think there's a lot of work to be done before I could walk around and thinking I could teach people or something like that. But I, I think that I stand up for the downtrodden and people mm-hmm. who, you know, need help in life. I, I, I consider myself a person that does that, but I think there's a lot of education for me to do. And this is a, was an opportunity f- for me to do that in this episode yeah. and also in the experience that I had with my friend that was a real learning uh, opportunity. And we had that and we had a good conversation when it happened. And I wanted to kind of recreate that conversation with him, with you on the phone as well. So I'm really yeah, yeah. excited about that. And uh, so, yeah. And so, yeah. Very important. Yeah. It's a, very lear- impo- a learning situation. Here's Because here's the thing. And I'll, and I'll say this and then we'll get into the phone call. Um, is that conversation has been kind of messed up by social media these days where um, the idea about a conversation is like you need to come into a conversation fully equipped with every bullet point of knowledge that you need to make your point and convince the other person that they're wrong or that 
you you need to win. Yeah. Whereas a conversation is meant to enlighten people. Yeah. So you can come into a conversation and have that conversation and not really know what you're talking about. And if you're coming from a place of wanting to learn and not a place of arrogance, mm-hmm. your lack of knowledge won't be used against you. Yeah. It will only help you become a more enlightened person if you come into a conversation ready to leave with new information as opposed to trying to get your information off and talk, over-talk people. Yeah. That's the point of a conversation. So yeah. this idea that like you shouldn't have a conversation with somebody unless you know everything you're talking about. like That's not how I operate. I don't know shit about anything. I know a little bit a lot about a lot of stuff. And the stuff that I don't know, I like to have conversations with the people, and then I know a little bit more after the conversation. So uh, this week is no different. I'm very excited to give my friend Les a call and for us to have this conversation. Again, you know, this is a little bit different. So if you're not looking to hear this conversation, I respect it. Feel free to check out and then you guys can hear some true crime stuff next week. But uh, let's get into it. Joining us for our town hall tonight is uh, our multi-hyphenated friend, uh, singer, dancer, musician, uh, puto. Uh, our good friend Les Green is joining us to have a, a, a conversation about some stuff that we experienced while we were uh, overseas. Les, welcome. Hello. Thank you for joining us, finding the time. I know you're uh, wherever you are in the world, and uh, thank you. Yeah, for very busy. Very, very busy. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, how are you? Please, uh, we will save all plugs for the end, so don't even. I don't need you to mention why you're why you're where you are at. You can mention those things later. But you are where? Oh, you mean Brazil? <laughs> Oh, in Brazil? <laughs> you mean why I'm in Brazil? Rio de Janeiro? Brazil? <laughs> yes, that is why. Um, yes. yeah. You know, just in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Uh, <laughs> we're an hour ahead of you, so, you know, I had to move some things around. <laughs> yes. Uh, th- yeah, thank you so much for clearing your busy schedule to take some time to talk to a friend. Uh, I'm very thankful for In that. Rio. <laughs> in Rio. Yes, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, uh, so Les, I think I, I, I alluded to a little bit, but let me go ahead and fill you in with the purpose of what this is that we're doing tonight, today on this episode. Um, uh, me and you, uh, went and, and a group of friends went to Europe and private jet, you know, a five-star hotel, Michelin star restaurant. <laughs> PJ, PJ. <laughs> yes. Just, just normal, casual lifestyle. Um, and we had, you had an incident that wasn't handled well by the group and it, it led to an interesting conversation and that inspired me to want to reach out to other queer folks and hear their perspectives about growing up coming out uh you know the hurdles in life what allyship looks like to them i wanted to kind of use the framework of our conversation to hear other people's perspectives that weren't this new perspective that i got that night because admittedly i don't know if i I wouldn't categorize myself as an ally, but you're one of my best friends and you happen to uh, be a queer person. And that, but that is not necessarily allyship because me and me go get brunch, you know? So I would like to take this episode to hear, <laughs> to hear from people about like, what, what does that look like to be there for somebody and, and uh, whether it's emotionally or whatever it is that, 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 that person may need, I'd like to hear from them what that is because a lot of, I feel like a lot of people are walking around with like pendants on their chest saying that they are something when they aren't asking yeah. people that are from those communities if you are doing the work really or if you just think you're doing the work because you are doing things that, think, that make you feel good about something. Yeah. Does that make sense? And that is actually a big, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that that's a big thing about allyship there's a lot of popular words that go around and you see it on social media and then you attach to it and you're like oh cool that we're doing that this month yes (laughs) and 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 that comes with 
um, what people say and, you know, allies and, and um, in that it's, it's a lot bigger than, Oh, I don't have a problem with you. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> like that, I'm not trying to kill you. I'm not trying to ally. harm you. Yeah. Um, you know, allyship is standing up to your family. It's at Thanksgiving when, you know, somebody does faggot in jest and, yeah. you know, thinks that it's okay. In the uncomfortable it's, moments, being an ally is being an ally. It's, mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's yeah. not just, uh, oh, you get to kiki with us and you, you know, I taught you this Vogue move. Like, you're, you're fun. You're not uncomfortable with me, so you're my friend. And that means you're an ally. No. There's a lot more that comes with it. And, you know, like, I've recently just started, like, you know, calling people out that, you know, start that use that freely. Because, I mean, allyship in any way, shape, or form is hard. Because, you know, I mean, even when it's, like, white people to the black and brown community, it's the ones that are standing up at their, (laughs) at Thanksgiving. I keep using that as an example because... I have some friends that would be like, yeah, I just pretty much blocked my whole family. <laughs> yeah. um, like you're, you're kind of at, you're at the cause a little more than I am. Yeah, and I'm yeah. in it. <laughs> so, I've eliminated my but, entire family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the type of shit that's inspiring because it's like, you're a, you mean, you know, we you mean live it. every day in the skin. We yeah. live every day in the skin. So our daily struggle it's ours. So who wants to be fighting every day? You know, we got to find time to relax and try to be human. Go to Rio. De Janeiro. And we can't yeah. be fighting this fight every day. I'm, you know, you know, we got to go to Rio and you know, <laughs> come back with the BBL. <laughs> if you get a BBL, so, listen, um, if that is crazy. why you went to, if that is why you went to Brazil. <laughs> that's, that's if you, come, you, back imagine, dumpy, you, you come back with a fat dumpy, you come back with a fat dumpy. If I come uh, back sitting on a donkey, sitting on a bubble, I come back sitting on a bubble. Oh, that crazy. would be iconic. But no. But <laughs> um, when it comes down to it, it well, you, you said this earlier, just like being in the experience of being queer and figuring stuff out. It's, it's a daily struggle and it's a lot of unlearning stuff and relearning stuff. And sometimes being black and queer, it's just a fucking lot to deal with in yeah. general. So you don't have time to be thinking about learning and unlearning stuff. And that's another reason why like people of color, uh, they're queer or gay or lesbian. They get a, they get their own little sub judgment. Sometimes the popular, the corporate LGBT world will come down on the black or brown queers because they're not using this. They're not thinking about pronouns. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. I'll tell you this. When my black ass was figuring myself out, I'm telling you, I've, I've, I've been done that non-binary when I was like in my, like when I was like five, six, seven, I never felt one thing. I felt everything. I, I didn't know how to explain any of those things. I knew I was very feminine, but I also knew I had masculine traits and I loved all the sides of me when I was a kid. I knew who I was when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I lost it because of what I was taught mm. because of my surroundings. I, I did want to, I don't mean to cut and you so off. And so now, but, yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, first of all, I just want to say it's an honor. I didn't get a chance to say hi to you. I'm just waking up and I'm just getting here. So what up, to <laughs> Oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you, man. Thank Third you. order. Yep. Um, but I did want to <laughs> ask, you know, I am curious, you know, I don't get a chance to hang with you much or talk to you much. So I did want to ask, you know, what the, the level of stresses you have to deal with on a daily basis were like as far as like when you when you get up and you got to walk out the house. Because I know for just, you know, a black man, 
the stresses we have to deal with just being black in America, but what other additional stuff you have to deal with being black and being gay? Ooh, ooh, good one. I just got goosebumps. Um, so most recently, I was talking to a friend on the phone, and we were talking like just like past experiences, queer shit. And um, I was on the train coming from Miami to Fort Lauderdale, and I have luckily not have never been involved in like a queer bashing or something like motivated like that. Like I've gotten jumped in, like I've had people like steal my shit in Baltimore, obviously, but that's about, that's different. That wasn't, I don't think that, that's a whole different story. That yeah. wasn't like, it wasn't about, it was, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. another day in Baltimore. Yeah. Just, that's just yeah. run of the mill. Yeah. Just a, just a Baltimore thing. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's the Baltimore bingo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just something that was picked off the list. Um, but no, the other day I was, I was, I was on the train and I was talking, I guess my earphones were in and you know, I'm very vigilant when it comes to this stuff growing up in Baltimore in general. Like I would dress a certain way to get on the bus and then change into my Abercrombie clothes when I got to the mall, like when I used to live there. Because so Abercrombie, like, because Abercrombie clothes in, yeah. in, in an inner city black community are gay. Flip flops. Flip flops. Flip flops. Having your toes out. Yeah. yeah. What you got on your feet, bro? Yeah, uh, so that's crazy. I don't. Yeah, fly. especially knowing that now you wear like a a, a, a blazer with shoulder pads in it. <laughs> so your journey, I just have been so proud of you. I've been so proud of your journey. But continue. We'll talk more about your journey. But continue. Yeah. So you would change. You would so continue with uh, answering friends' question. Yeah. So um, I this guy kept like looking back while I was on the phone, and I thought I was talking pretty quietly, and neither did I think I needed to censor my conversation or anything, but. He kept looking back with this, like, this black dude. So it's tough sometimes being black and queer because you also got to look out for your own people. Mm -hmm. uh, um, because we're the ones that taught this huge homophobia or, yep. like, we're dealing with homophobia in our own ways. And it most of the time comes out in violence. Yeah. <clears throat> so he kept looking back, like, with this angry look on his face. And I'd, like, lowered my volume. And I, you can hear him, like, muttering stuff under his breath. Yeah. Definitely heard a few f bombs in there, and um, I'm like, oh, I might be in danger, or <laughs> yeah. uh, I might have to fight, or something's about to happen. Um, so I got up because I was on the phone with my friend, and he was like, um, just go downstairs or go to the other part of the train or something like that. Um, so I went down and just like was near the lady, and she was, he was like, tell somebody like what's going on. I was like, it's not that serious. But it was like just humor me and just like let somebody know what's going on. Yeah. If she's like, and then he got it got in my head because he's been through stuff like this. He's like, if he follows you off the train, and yes, I was thinking about that, but I also am thinking like I can handle myself. Yes. But also, I, there was a little bit of fear in there because it's not, nothing like that's ever happened to me. And my friend like put it in a different way that I never thought about. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things I got to go through is. How am I dressing? Am I going with a group of friends? Like that's when my that's when my style can be one hundred percent myself. If I know I'm getting in an Uber to go somewhere, I'll dress how I want to dress. Yeah. If I know I have to walk or do a lot of things, I might not wear you know white platform shoes and my crop top or this that or the third. Yeah. I might go with her, and that's one thing where I applaud the younger, like the younger kids these days or not even the younger kids because there's people being themselves throughout the decades. Right. Just Always. Unabashedly yeah. Just being their queer self. But it comes I'm along, it comes they, along with, with the things you're talking about. 
and they just yeah, fought they're like, that. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. And then those are the people that are the most strong. Trans people are the epitome of strength <laughs> because they're living their truth no matter what. They yeah. like lose their houses. They get kicked out of their homes just to be themselves. They they're being passed over for jobs, and if they do get a job, you know they they have to deal with what comes along with that. Just there's random people judging them and having to explain or come out or explain and just the stupid random questions. And that's why it's like, I've sort of turned this leap into not educating anybody. Yeah. Unless, unless they're really close to me. Um, and it's like, ask Google before you ask me type of stuff, because it's like, it's not my job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still learning. And you have a life to live. And on top of it, my experience is different than other people. So I can't go here and tell you, Speak blanket. Oh, I don't care. You see it. Say this to me. And then you go say it to somebody else and then they knock your teeth out. That's on (laughs) one. That's on you for (laughs) for believing one person. But, um, now my experience is different than the next queer person's. And, but mine is of a way, mine is more of a way of a, um, I guess fearful one. And I stopped beating myself up about it, about the cautionary, uh, the precautions I take when like in my day to day for survival. I used to beat myself up about it. Just like, just be yourself. Like screw everybody. But I was just like, no, this is where I'm at with my journey. I'm still getting, getting over internalized homophobia. I'm still getting over, you know, the way I see sex and sexuality and myself. And the one thing I've learned from all of this is to like, just take a step back and stop and just be kind to yourself. I guess in the, in the, in the main part, because I'm going through the same stuff people that don't know me are going through when they're judging me. So it's like, it's such a deep, deep conversation. We can go on for hours about it, but it's an everyday thing. And just add being black to that. So then I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is me just trying to protect myself from the world as a whole. <clears throat> Cause one, you can't, I can't hide. Right. <laughs> I'm black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one's not being hidden. So that goes with the same thing where, uh, I used to dress a certain way if I'm in a white neighborhood. Yeah. Um, my family like lives in a nicer neighborhood in Baltimore and I've gotten a gun pulled out on me being at the house that I lived in in a nice neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I have to think about how black am I dressing? How acceptable in mm. any, just so, think about that. Like think, just think about that. That's even like a category. You know what I mean? Like, Clothes yeah. or clothes, yeah. you know what I mean? With the idea be, that like I know that's not a of, thing. I don't. I know that's not is. a thing. But it, that, it is. To, it's not. But it is. Very, yeah, that's the crazy part say, of it. You yeah. can't say that dressing black. Dressing black isn't a thing. I know it's not a thing. But it is. But for to humor yeah. and to be quick with it, I'm not playing these semantics. Exactly, because you know <laughs> what? Because you know, I know what I mean. That clothes are clothes. Yeah, dressing gay isn't a thing. Dressing black isn't a thing. But it is. It isn't. But it is. So. Yeah, to keep my ass alive, and so I feel like when I moved to Key West, and and you know, I was just always had quirky style in general, but adopting this. He used to wear. He used to wear. He used to wear color contacts. 
<laughs> okay, just let's just keep digging out this self hate. Okay, let's just let's pull up all my traumas. Okay, <laughs> no, no, you were wearing like you were wearing like yellow eyes. You weren't wearing like blue. You weren't trying to. Be, you, weren't trying, you were wearing like fucking cat eyes. You weren't trying to be like, oh, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm half <laughs> I'm half French. You know, you were like wearing cat eyes, <laughs> hypnosis eyes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, my my self hate and my emo phase like both blended together. It was it was a mixture of both. I'm an adult now, and I can say a little of it, a little of it did come from a place of you know that whole area. But yeah. um, but no, yeah, I'm very out there, and I've always been, and it's been it's been poking its head out throughout my whole life. And sure. like finally, I'm at a space where it's like, okay, it's me. Like yeah. I can dress however the hell I want. And some days, you know, it, it it's one thing. It's very calm, but in the other days, it's heels in a crop top or whatever the hell I'm feeling yeah. that day. Nah. <laughs> but, um, no, but I sort of adopted this 50s style because in, in it, one, it fits with my band and stuff like that, but it's very just across the board acceptable. Yeah. And it's just very classic and I, I love it, but it also is the easiest thing for me to get around with and be safe. Mm. Like in any, it's just, in any it's space. just, it's just stylish, unique and timeless and, and, and not like, putting you in any specific category as far as like your yeah. representation. Yeah. It's just like a cool, uh, it's just a cool. A shirt tucked in with my pants back on my actual waist, like is, and with some converse on is literally what I'm in right now. And just the easiest thing that I can just navigate through this world without, with the, without having to think I need to wash my back immediately yeah. Yeah. for anything. I know I can walk into a white space and just be treated semi-normal. <laughs> or a black barbershop and they'd be like, oh, this dude must be or like a, a black barbershop. Or yeah. An R&B singer. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So that's another thing. It's like navigating. When I go to the barbershop, I'm like, I just don't talk a lot. <laughs> I come in, ask for what I'm getting so I can get the hell out. And uh, that's it. Uh, I just listen to the conversations that are going on around me to gauge what if I can talk if if I am comfortable with being here yeah you know I found this place in LA I usually find one place and wherever I go I stick to it but yeah navigating life as a queer person everything is a everything is a plan yeah so in my black life everything is a plan but also being black and queer and so when I, I get hate from people I'm just like okay have a sit back and literally this is the thing I want you to think about I'm already black and you're berating me for my queerness. Think about it. If this was a choice, who would wake up and be like, hmm, you double, already have one hate. thing. Yeah. Something's going, you already have this going on. So now I want to add some more because I don't think I'm being hated enough. So <laughs> let me just go ahead and choose. No. Um, and to piggyback on what I was saying earlier about um, the black community sort of getting, the, like the black queer community sort of getting like a, a not a bad rap, but just like, you know, like, like, you, know, like you aren't, you aren't, you aren't difference between corporate LGBT. Yes. Plus, I get, I get what you're and saying. then there's a difference between the real thing. The because you, gritty, you grew right? you grew up in, in the real world where the consequences are harder for, you know, you being your most out and representative self. So if you come across some person yeah. who not to diminish somebody else's struggle, but when you use the word corporate gay, I, I like that for this conversation. It's like, 
you might have had more opportunities in accepting parents and went to a school that was like a liberal arts school. And they, yeah. and you're like, well, why wouldn't you wear the clothes? You Like somebody might hear this and go, why wouldn't you just wear the clothes that you want to wear? It's like, well, because I don't want to get jumped on the bus. Yeah, And because wearing the clothes I want to wear is quite literally the difference between life and death. Mm. So because that in my in my neighborhood, no one's using their thought and being like, no, it, it's not that. It's you're just, not oh, that. you're just, People oh, Lester's just expressing just himself. Oh, yeah, he's unique. That's not happening in these neighborhoods yeah, where I, we come from, you know? In one way, so the critical you know, thinking some, and all some, that stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. Some people might see it as strong just doing whatever, just doing whatever you want. And I know, it, you know, you can be criticized for even choosing the route of, oh, I'm going to make it through. Because me, I guess some people might criticize the way I handled my shit because it was, I, I'm in a black Caribbean family in, um, where were we? In like in Baltimore. Yes. So I knew who I was for the most part. And I just decided I'm just not going to talk to anyone in my family about anything personal until I'm out of this house. Cause I'm yeah. not getting rich. I already did. I started doing research young. I started watching like, queer shows and stuff in secrecy and all of the outcomes of all the queer films and all the queer, anything that I would watch. They either die, they get gay bashed and die, they get AIDS and die. So I had no positive reinforcement on being queer. So that didn't help me be queer. It's like, Oh, I'm going to die living this lifestyle. Yeah. No matter what. So that, and now I sort of like accidentally unpacked something because that I guess explains my relationship with sex. Like I'm not a very out there having sex a lot. I'm not a grinder gay. I'm like, and no, it's nothing against anyone who is. I sure, just, sure. I think was just scared into this box that I'm in now <laughs> because everything I've learned was just you're gonna die one way or another being gay. Mm. So that is that's that and so then um and with the same thing with being black it's always black trauma porn as they say um so my existence has just been put in this these boxes and then when you see yourself on tv you're funny and that's why i think it's very easy for black people to go into a comedic role because it's like that's what we see if we entertain these people that we're around and then now i look at myself and i look at the circles i'm in and i'm like oh you're funny to every you're funny yeah and you're funny in these groups and when you're serious these groups sort of well what are you doing you're not allowed to do. so yeah, you're not that being, you're not me, being like, a clown for friend us groups I'm in. yeah you're not being wow. a clown yeah for it us. made me rethink friend groups i'm in so now obviously i know some friends see that they don't see me a lot and they can take it however they want that's not my that's not that's not for me to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see me. If anybody hasn't seen me, then, then they would reach out and, you know, we'd continue from there. But, you know, I just separate myself these days and just, you know, see who notices. And yeah. honestly, it's a much peaceful, it's a more peaceful life because I'm not anybody's gay clown. I'm not anybody's yeah. token black guy. I am going to be in whatever circles. I'm me and yes, that takes uh, that serious yep. side of me, the funny side of me, the, you know, the bitchy side of me that those are the circles I need to be in. Yeah. So it's, it's a juggling act and I don't, and I'm not a clown, so I'm not doing it. Mm. 
Oh, that's a bar. Because, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, it's just a general message to anybody out there. It's like if you're in a, a friend's circle and you feel like you have to hide some part of you in order to fit in, then you should not be a part of that friendship group. If you are in a friendship group and it's like you're there to be like, oh, cunty, honey, bitch, you know, and they talk to you like that. And then it's the, the moment you go, yeah. well, you know, I, I got a phone call from my dad and didn't go. It's like, oh, uh, bitch, do you want to get mimosas? It's like, no. You, Tell that bitch. Yeah. He needs uh, to <laughs> the break <laughs> on that. <laughs> so, oh, my God, wow, you are yes, not, a good, not a good friend. No, 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 it's yeah. not. It's very much no. That's you're not a good friend. Uh, so yeah, no, that, those are those are some fucking deep points you just made. But let's get to Switzerland. Um, we are in Switzerland. We go out for the night. We're at a club. Everybody in Switzerland listens to like techno music. Um, it was like a I don't know. I don't know who found the place. Did I find the place? I don't want to take I don't want to take responsibility for who found the place. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think you want that on you. Uh, <laughs> somebody googled a place uh, to go to, go. And, right. and and we went out and we went to this place, and it was like a three level party. Like okay. on in the basement, it was like uh, scenes from the Matrix where everybody like nobody had they had, didn't have shirts on. They like dancing themes, in caves. Some, okay, yeah, and then like the more Cave. up you go, it gets a little more, the more up you go, it gets a little swankier. Like it gets a more like you know bar, but the okay. basement was. Like a basement was foggy. You know, I feel like oh. there was a lot of tank tops that were mesh. I might be making this up in my mind. It yeah. felt very Matrix to me. Yeah, were you, you have a very playful imagination. <laughs> I just think it was a, it was a three level club. <laughs> 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 like cages. There's tigers on the second level. Was like, like, there was cages. There was a tiger that came out and they had it. It's like, none of that happened. Where did you get this from? There was a photo booth on the second floor. You know, I guess that happens in a lot of places, but you know, like you guys, my friend, it's been a pandemic. He's been in the house for a while. I don't think he hasn't been out. <laughs> well, either way, we're on the third floor, and it, there's like you know this bar type of thing, and we're all there. We're dancing, we're meeting people, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's take it away because I, I don't know the the full like start to finish. I just know where I where I come into play at. So we're at. This well, place. there was just too there was a lot going on, too much for that bar to be having going on, and I was just. And I don't think I was as drunk as a last would be on yeah. a random night, especially so for that, especially for that place. More, so you were super, you were super yeah, like aware. I was more aware. Yeah. I was drinking and whatnot, but it wasn't. I don't know. I guess my body wasn't taken to it because I, I guess it, it needed to be aware or some shit. Because uh, for some reason, I was I was there. I was, I was mentally there, and. So there's two things that happened, and I think the one thing sort of sobered me up a little bit more anyway, but um, there was some dude uh, on the dance floor, and he saw me earlier. And this is the thing, because then I have to go into queer world and straight world. Um, That is one thing that, you know, queer folk have for them is that we're very sexual, and that's like a part of the queerdom, because it's like we be open with our sexuality because it's something that's been demonized and all this stuff. Liberation. Yeah. the liberation is sort of just, just free and and everything. Um, and that's a part of the gay community a lot more. And, um, so meeting someone and just making out with them is not that weird. So, uh, but that happened. I made out with this guy and I was just like, Oh, okay, cool. Good to meet you blah, 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 whatever. And I told y'all about it. I was like, this random guy just came up to me and started making out with me, whatever. And, um, but that was, that, and I was like, all right, cool. And us as, a, and, us as like, cool. and, and us as his friends, as a, like a, you know, the three of us are straight 
and well, unless 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 comes up to us and tells us that our our brain goes to just like primarily fratty dude energy of like yeah get it like that's mm-hmm. like that's the response you're we're out with the dudes you're getting some action yeah nice some type of praise is like exactly gotcha, right gotcha. It, yeah. you know but I but I don't know if he's but the energy that he might come into me is like that was random yeah. as opposed to me being like. Random nice yeah, You can yeah. get some random On your hang low Like yeah. that's where My brain is going right. Right? But, Cause that's how it would be Like in a group of street guys Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Group of street guys yeah. I'm just telling you I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you I'm just telling you My, my state of mind Continue um, So I don't know if What I witnessed With the girl Was before or after This um, But it, it added it Definitely Everything that was happening Added to The night mm-hmm. Um, the guy saw me again because I remember him saying like, "Yeah, I have a boyfriend or something like that," but he's somewhere in here and I lost him. I was like, "Okay, cool. Well, keep to yourself. I'm not trying to fight your boyfriend <laughs> because if somebody come up to me, I'm beating their ass." Um, and and um, he started dancing on me again, and he was like reaching to make out with me. I kissed him again, and just and here is where it gets into the why I understand. I've always had an understanding with women. I've always like, I've just always understood the female experience when it comes to certain things. Cause I paid close attention to my mom. My mom's been my best friend since I was a kid. And I just like would watch her and just watch her strength to yeah. see all the shit that she had to go through in life. And my sister <clears throat> like never been one of those guys who's like, ew, period. Like, grow the fuck up. Like, I would say stuff like that when I was a kid when my brothers used to be like, oh, April's in her period. I'm like, I'd be like six being like, how old are y'all? Like, <laughs> grow I'm up. a child and I know this is a natural and grow up. <laughs> um, but it, it was a moment where I wasn't being understood because I wasn't a female. Yeah. And I wasn't a, I'm not a straight man. So it wasn't the other way that I could have possibly been understood Which yeah. I also have had conversations with straight friends where they've gone through some of the similar things that female and gay men have gone through, but they don't talk about it because they have straight friend groups and they don't have an outlet to talk about it. Yeah. So they either choose. So they had me a queer friend where they're like, Oh, I can talk to you about this and it's not weird. Yeah. So who do straight men without queer friends talk to about experiences they've had where they might not have wanted to do something and they anyway yeah so so mm. that's just something to think about but then um so i the guy's like aggressively trying to dance with me and trying to kiss me and i like doing the little worm and getting out of it and yeah. like haha okay have a good night type of stuff and um he's still there and i'm like i see all of y'all and y'all are dancing around me and i'm like okay well have a good one and he keeps doing it. And then at some point I like got away from him and I was just like, all right, well that was aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thanks for the assist guys. Something to that effect. This is, yeah. This and is, y'all were like, what? It looks like you're having a good time. Yes. And I was like, yeah, cause I wasn't trying to hit him. Yes. <laughs> That's where it was going to go for me. It's yes. either be aggressive and make a scene or try to be calm and just like, hopefully he gets the hit, which is where I feel like a lot of females get, this problem too with like how I'm trying to calmly say no thank you yeah. but you're being aggressive so that once I go over that line and I'm like leave me the hell alone or I do something like this it and, becomes a thing and it's, on, and it's a thing on you you're the spotlight you're yeah, the one causing the scene 
Yeah. Exactly. And I've gone through many a situations where I've gone through with, you know, sexual acts because I, you know, I've been younger and I've gone through stuff and where I've like gone through stuff where I didn't really want to do it. And I didn't want to say no. And I didn't want to do this and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, you know, I think of those times and I think like, Oh, I want to be stronger than that. I don't want to ever do that again. You know, I'm grown. I'm, I'm, I'm in this different mindset as an adult now and I don't want to make the same mistakes. And so I'm, and I don't want to be confrontational, but I have to stand up for myself, you know? And in that moment I was like, I didn't know how to navigate because my natural instinct is to just click on my Baltimore reaction and just, start fighting <laughs> so but but then i'm in the middle of switzerland, switzerland and that's the last and then i'm thinking okay you're gonna be this black guy that just started a fight in the middle of switzerland like come on and that and that and, was and that was for me because before it was the 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 two friends kind of being like oh well you were dancing with them da, 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 da. yeah you, came you up liked to me, it you wanted to dance with them in which they would and these and then let me just because Love these guys. And they would never, they would be the first people to stand up against homophobia, racism, anything that, oh, yeah. that their brain knows and functions as this is wrong. This was nuanced, though. These are people, they, they, but yeah. they would never do this to a female friend, a, a, a lady friend of theirs at a club where they went, this guy just groped me. They went, oh, you, want, you wanted it. Like, they would never do that. But because this was a nuanced yeah. situation, we went into, again, that like ape primal brain dude thing of like hey man you you were looking for some action right but before we got to that he kind of left yeah. you came up to me first kind of on the side and i went fucking shook knight and i'm like yo if you want something done about yo it, just, where is he where just, is he which is it the response i, was I wanted like just, either <laughs> I, was like, I was like just say the word i'm like the, not the most fucking passive person in the world but this is my friend and if it, <laughs> this is my friend and, and he's my friend and he's my guy friend and we're with guys so i'm like are we fight? Like, is that what the solution is? Right. But if, if I was out with a lady friend of mine, if I was out with a lady friend of mine, I would have, there would have been five other solutions before it got to violence. Right. It would have been like, well, let me dance with you or let me put my arm around you or let me just come, just come and just be around me and he'll get the signal. But none of those things came to my mind because I, because for one, for people who don't know, less is in, uh, you're not the best shape right now. I haven't seen you in a while, but you know you, you got you're getting a little soft. But uh, he's, a, he, he's 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 six he's six foot tall. Uh, he 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 is all jokes aside. He is he's he's in great <laughs> all jokes aside. He's, he's he's in great shape, you know, and he, and he knows how to pop off. So I'm never thinking of my friend less as needing protection or being in distress. Mm-hmm. But in that situation in Switzerland, I'm not thinking of all of these things that are attributes for him are detriments to him in certain situations because you don't want to be king kong black dude in the club whereas me and him are the only two black people in this place and you start beating up a middle-aged white sweet swedish man swiss swiss man (laughs) (laughs) it's not no no the police thinks i'm his i'm his mandingo property yes let me just use him for my sexual thrills the police aren't going to want to hear the intricacies of this lover's quarrel they're just going to go you punch this guy black man Mm -hmm. Uh, because clearly we don't want to hear that you're saying you felt unsafe or whatever because this dude's eyes blacked you know he you won <laughs> you won the exchange it was no question less would have won whatever exchange happened yeah. right but you lose to society in that moment where it's like oh my god this guy oh my he's a monster mm-hmm. and you don't 
so you're 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 juggling that and then trying to diffuse by pecking him a little bit or dancing a little bit. You're diffusing because you don't want to go to what could easily you could easily wipe the floor with this guy, mm -hmm. but that's that's not good. That's not a solution to this. And then that's another that brings on the thing of people being like, "Well, you were because then I always play what I hear the most. I always play the blaming in my head. Yeah, I always play." Well, you were dancing with them. Yeah. Well, you kissed them back. Well, you did this. But what about the, well, you pushed him away and said, all right, have a good night. You said this. So what about the things that he should have taken as clear nose, yeah. including me saying, all right, that's enough. Have a good night. Yeah. Like, so you dance with that. And then when you go to your friends and it's still new for me handling that because old black would have probably just went along with everything and just laughed the whole time. And they're like, okay, I, I guess this is what's happening because this person wants it. Yeah. Like I've fully done, done things like that before. In the past. And, um, and just having that moment where I was like, no, all right, today's the day you're going to say no to this person. And then, and I went over to my friends and like, to hear their initial reaction, yeah. especially the guys that I was out. It was like very, you clearly looked like you were enjoying yourself. I was like, okay, well, that's the end of that conversation. <laughs> I was like, I'm not about to do that. And then also me not trying to somber everyone else's night. Yeah. So I'm not going to be like, well, I don't feel like y'all were there for me in this situation, which yeah. again, but that's, that's your truth. And you have every right. You're you, working in, yeah, you're working in real time and you're like trying to process this in real time and you don't want to bring the mood down, but you want to speak up for yourself and you want to let you know, your friends know that you're upset, but you don't want to bring the mood down again. So I'm trying to be like, is this the right time? Is this the right place? But then I know I ate it and then it just went away in my head. Yeah. And, he, well, and he, left, uh, he left. Yeah. He left. I feel like a lot of men were yeah. really the same way though. Well, as far as and then on top of, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I wanted to say that, you know, I feel like a lot of men, like you was talking about Alvin, how when you, when you was like, where's he at? Yeah. It's like a lot of men also would react that way if they had a female friend come up to them and go. Groping. Yes. yes. Yeah. But just a straight up, like, this dude won't stop trying to dance on me. I wouldn't go straight to violence. I didn't with, say with you. The, I'm saying some dude. Some there's, also, some yeah, dudes, there's some a dudes. lot of guys yeah. that you look at their girl and they're like, let's yeah. fight. Let's, let's get fight. it. Let's exactly. Fight. Yeah. For sure. For yeah. Sure. So how that reaction, I mean, it's not like, you know. But it, it was exacerbated because I'm with the homies. Right. And that's right. like, so it's not even my, my, there's no nuance in the moment for yeah, me yeah. where I'm like, somebody's messing with my friend. Yeah. Well, then we're all going to fight this guy yeah. and whoever he's with, is going to be four on four yeah, brawl. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to go down. Yeah. As opposed to what my friend needed in <laughs> that then, moment was emotional uh, support. Waking, exactly. waking yeah, right, right, right. news in Switzerland. Guess where they're from? <laughs> Baltimore. That's like the headline. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. The wire. The two, uh, four extras. guys beat up one, <laughs> one for one the 139-year-old gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a crazy headline, right? But what my friend needed from me in that moment and from us, you know, and, yeah. I, and, and I've apologized and I want to apologize to you again publicly, but like what you needed from that was a more nuanced thing. He needed yeah. support yeah. and like, you know, are you good? Do you want to go? Right. Should we all go? Like, fuck right. this place, man. This place has weird energy, man. I don't want people, my friends getting harassed here. Let's yeah. fucking leave. Fuck this place. But instead it was like, well, wasn't that. And then the back end of that was when I just saw that, like the other situation that I said was just add into it. And I was just like, I got to get out of here. Cause then it happened again with somebody like this girl was literally falling down and this guy's holding her up trying to make out with her. Yeah. Like, buckling like, like at the knees. I didn't see this, but they, they told me this later. I didn't like, see it. Yeah. Crazy. like I cannot stand. I am not, I can't, 
speak. Like, it could have been super drunk for drugs. Like, it was, it was at that point. And so I'm like, oh, I do something here. Yeah. But then my brain was already in my situation. I was like, okay. But without being a guy walking up to this guy and being like, yo, what's going on here? And yeah. I reach out like stopping females in the club and after being turned away and said people saying no to three, which me foolishly thinking that all females are down to ride for each other yeah. and have each other's back. I was turned away by a few because I guess, you know, it's everyone has the right to say no and everything's not everyone's battle. And I guess I was just trying to be someone looking out for another human. So yeah. I can't really fault people for not helping, but it did make me look at, the whole club, the, the whole, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I finally got these two girls and I was like, hey, I don't want to go over here. I will. And I'm here to stand with you if you need me. But I don't want to go over here and, you know, speak to this female to see if she's all right. And then like this guy, I'm, but I was like, I will. And I'm down to, and I'm down to be here with you and to go with you all. But I just think female to female, maybe she'll take it better if y'all say, hey, girl, are you okay? Yeah. So they're like, oh, my God, of course. So these two girls went over and was like, hey, can we get you some water? Who's like, And they sort of try to talk to her like that and get her away from this guy. And because um, I told a bouncer, and bouncer just came back and was like, he said that's his girlfriend. I'm like, okay, I can say you're my boyfriend. Does that make yeah. it true? Yeah. <laughs> People say a lot of things. So... Um, and the way he was like just trying to make out with her, if that's your girlfriend, you know, you, what's a boyfriend, um, what in you in that situation, if you're dating someone and they're that drunk, I'm taking her home, that is not the reaction yeah. of a boyfriend. It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe you got this drunk. Let's fucking go Yeah. Home. It's like, like mad, yeah, no, okay. That's, no, you triggered me. You triggered, you triggered me. You triggered, you triggered me. It wouldn't be like, let's steal this. But are you fucking serious? Let's go. Like, let's I can't. Oh. Yes. Okay, yeah, let's get some, Not get like, you let some me food on you. Let me make out with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's crazy. So I, so the, I told the female bartender, like I was just making attention to it from everybody, from everywhere I could. And these girls were like, oh yeah, we got her some water. She told the female bartender, the bartender got another bouncer to like watch her. And then all of a sudden the guy's gone mm, and she's wow. just drinking water at the bar by herself. So... I'm not taking credit, but but you should. <laughs> I think yeah. I might have helped her get out of a hairy yeah. situation. Yeah, for and sure. these girls like stayed around her for a little bit, and and I just let that one go. And um, I had no idea any of this. But, I, yeah, I, meanwhile, I'm on the dance floor, like ooh ooh ooh, I'm the Swiss man, boop beep boo. And I didn't know any of this was happening. And then I went up, I went up to our other two friends, like, "Yo, where's Les at? We love this song." He's like, "Yo, he left." I was like, "What?" <laughs> And then I was like, oh, shit, wow. And then, it, But then that's when it all kind of, like, yeah. computed that, like, so then my night wasn't ruined, but I was concerned for my friend because yeah. I went, oh, that was deeper than, like, how we handled it. Yeah. Like it, And I didn't even know about the girl thing. You know, I just thought he left because he felt yeah. comfortable by this dude. So then I felt like shit. So then after a little bit, I, I left, and then I went to a chicken shop and got thrown out of there because I was talking too loud, apparently. And I, drunk. I, I wouldn't I say I was, I was no, black. I, I was black in Switzerland. You was and, drunk. You had to be drunk. No, I was just like, I love Switzerland. I'm from America. But that's just like how I talk. No, but when you get drunk, this volumes go up a little, a tad bit. All right, that was a little buzz. Right. But I didn't think this, the, guy, the guy was like, the guy kept like every two seconds, I'm talking to these girls in the chicken shop, and, yeah. and the guy's like, "Excuse me, buddy, can you <laughs> shut the up? volume?" Yeah, I was like, "Oh, I'm am so sorry." So where are you guys from? He's like, "Hey, man, you gotta go eat your food outside." I was like, "Damn, what the 
what is this? Yeah. Uh, after that, I got in the Uber, went back to the place, and Les was like in his bed. And we talked for like we were we shared some videos on TikTok. We, like we were joking around and yeah. stuff. We didn't bring it up, but the next day we kind of went into it a little bit, and mm-hmm. the guys were still on the like. No, well, you know, like you were dancing with, like, so, and then I could tell Les was like, let's just shut it down. Let's shut it down. Got into deep conversation. Let's shut it. And I could tell Les like, let's shut it down. I don't even want to talk about it because you guys aren't hearing what I'm saying. Yeah, if you're not listening, I don't, I don't want to. I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to defend me being groped at a club to you, you know. And I and I saw that, and I was like, I'm going to have a talk with Les one on one at some point. And when we got back to Paris, ow. When we got back to Paris, uh, after some excursion, <laughs> after some excursions, we went and saw some other countries. It was whatever. Um, when we got back to Paris, uh, me and him had a like the last night there. Last night in Paris, we had a one on one in his room, and mm-hmm. we kind of did what we're doing right now in yeah. person. And I, you know, I was just was like, my bad, man. Like I, I yeah. didn't. It's nuanced. Yeah. Like I, I, like me and Les have been friends for a long time, and through his journey, I've kind of tried to just adjust my myself to his journey but there's mm-hmm. still nuances that i won't i haven't run across until yeah. i run across them it's a new experience it's a new experience yeah. and that was one where i'm like no nah, man all my bros are out we're all trying to get play what what yeah. you know and so when he's telling me that i'm like yeah man like that's what you're out to do i that's what we do right and God. that's another thing not to take up because with me it's like i am very playful and very sexually speaking and just very free and you know liberated with how i talk and and so that can be played. There's a difference between, you know, yeah, I have the freedom to talk. Like I shouldn't have Absolutely. to like to do how I talk no. in order and then, and then, you know, walk, walk it when it comes to if, yeah, I may be sexually free in ways, yes. but that is when I choose to be. Exactly. So it, uh, if I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go out and get some dick tonight. And then I'm like, I'm at the club and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I'm totally fine. Yeah. And that's, so no, yeah, just, this <laughs> so is a hundred, this is like 100% I, on us. You know what I mean? Like, again, if you were a a girlfriend of ours who was like to go out and dance and and get on top of bars, we have friends like that, uh, and like to do that, if they came up to me and told me I'm uncomfortable in a situation, I wouldn't go like, but you're the girl that likes to get on top of the bars and likes to dance on guys. And what do you mean you're uncomfortable? You can't be uncomfortable. You're not allowed to be that. Like, that's no, that's not at all. That that was 100% on us. I don't look at you as some kind of like freak you know where you like less is a freaky boy like if he's going out the dicks are out like that's not how i see you. We will very nice. <laughs> so, so i don't one i don't see you that way anyway but it's just weird it's, it's even weird to even try to explain it's like from in that moment i was like baseline is like we're all dudes out trying to get laid whatever laid is to us yeah not like less specifically is like you know you know what the guys were out there that's like they were on objectives they were on missions like that was kind of the theme of the trip for for them was to go out and get laid, right? So I'm kind of playing along with that energy because I'm like, well, I want to. I didn't know them, and Les knows them, so I'm like, let me play along with the energy. So it's like American Pie energy, like let's, let's go out get laid, yeah. right? That that's Just the energy, like make it fun for everybody. I'm yeah. pl- I'm playing the role right. of the guy trying yeah. to like fit in right. and be like, yeah. that's what we're on, right? Like that's what we're on tonight, like that's what we're doing. But in that moment, there was a nuance where my friend had a negative experience and I still treated it like, yeah, like we're having fun. And then once he told me, once he told me again, it wasn't fun. I went, well then we will f- destroy this person instead of offering him any other type of emotional support. Yeah. And for that, I apologize. But like I said, we had a really good talk um, in Paris and, you know, I felt like, you know, coming back and having this conversation and letting people hear was was important. And then I wanted one last thing, Fran, you might find this interesting. Uh, me and Les only, I think we've only gotten in one fight 
since we've been friends. It wasn't even a fight. It was a dispute. And it's, it's it all it all coincides to all this stuff, interestingly enough, is that, one, less I, I, want, I want you to give your, because you have an interesting philosophy. I don't know if you had it at the time when we got into this little argument, but you kind of, your insight on, like, coming out is, like, I'm just going to be me and... I'm not here to, I don't have to tell you anything. Something like that. Oh, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to get into it. Oh, yeah. We're going to quickly. We're going to get into it quickly. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in such peace with that. That was, I was like, what is he talking about? We've never been into a fight. That was a fight between you, yourself, and you. <laughs> yes, yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. But give, give your, give your, Girl, give I your, made you no mind. <laughs> give your philosophy. You were in a fight all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this idiot. <laughs> I told you, I'm an overthinker, man. So give your philosophy on uh, coming out the term that term, and I just learned about National Coming Out Day like this this year, like when it just happened a few weeks ago, and I heard so many stories and everything, and I and I went uh, and it made me think of how your your philosophy. I don't know if it's new or not, but it's kind of like I'm just gonna do me. I'm not here to like announce anything to anybody, you know, which I found yeah. I found interesting. I think, um, and my my experience and the way I think of it can be viewed a bunch of different ways, but sure. that's for the viewer, not for me. Um, y'all don't pay my bills, so <laughs> your opinions on what I think is yours. Um, and I've dissected how I think about it too, and I still come back to this to what I think, and I don't necessarily think I think coming out there's a power in it, and it's like saying anything, like saying anything, and it being real. You know, yeah, it, it's yours, and it should be however you want it to be, and mine just so happens to be how it is. Um, for me and, um, you know, coming out could be up. my family's all here. I'm telling everybody this is my truth and boom, this is it for me. I'm one of those. I can't hide it. And a lot of people are always just like, Oh, like when people come out, they're like, well, we knew we were just waiting for you type of thing. Yeah. Which is also like, it's yeah. sort of insulting because yeah. it's like, why weren't you trying to make me even more comfortable? Yeah. Like, so you're like, well, until you come out, I'm going to still say faggot at the dinner table. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you had your suspicions, why wouldn't you yeah, be graceful to me? It's a very hard thing for someone to do. Yeah. Um, and, um, but yeah, like, like for me, I always would think about it and I'm like, what on this planet makes it, okay for the fact that I have to make this grand gesture of telling you, first of all, I have to come out every day as a queer person. Mm. So doing it, yeah, in any space I'm in, if, if people don't assume it, like, you know, like I said, there's some days where I'm not clockable, <laughs> like where I'm not talking as much and people can't pick it up Yeah, or, and I'm dressed in my lazy gear where I don't feel like, you know, dressing how I feel. Like I, I, I feel like this, I'm going to dress in a hoodie. That's yeah. how I feel today. Um, and you know, people don't know. And I've been in situations where people have said, it's just like the same thing with, uh, you know, when white people will be like, Oh my God, I was so surprised. My coworker said the N word the other day in front of me. I'm like, yeah, you have this thing where they will say that in front of you because you're white. Yeah. So it's like, it's that when I'm dressed in a certain way where people will say things that they feel comfortable with because they don't know. Cause you're in, you're so in disguise. For in queer people, for, yeah. Yeah. For some queer people, we have to come out every day or yeah. any situation if we feel like it. So I never really banged with that when it comes to people that know you. Um, for me, I didn't know where I was and I still don't 
because I don't think it's that important. I have other things in my mind. I have my mental health. But I have other traumatic things in my life that I'm yeah, trying to bill, work through. Yeah, bills. And who I have sex with is not on the top of the list of me working on my life. So I'm going um, I'm I'm so, I'm I'm to I'm I'm interject there because that's like the perfect framework for the story. Keep that yeah. in mind. Of oh, all the perfect. stuff that keep that in mind for all the le- stuff Les just said. I'm at work. This mind week. you, I would be fucking like saving food because I knew I didn't have. I wasn't going to eat. Like, like these are the yeah. things I used to have to worry about. There would be like a so pizza party at work. There would be like a pizza party at work, and then you know some extra pizza, a whole box of pizzas gone. We're like, that less. He's such a prankster. He's like, no, I need to eat this pizza. <laughs> my Abercrombie, work. Abercrombie days, right, okay. Abercrombie yeah, days. Yeah. Right. yeah. So at this point, me and Les have been friends for like. A few years, I mean, at least like five, six years. We've been friends for like good friends. We've been good friends for a long time. And for through the length of that time, you knew you knew less at this point. There was always discussions where like, is less gay? And everybody would just be like, well, I don't know. He's not saying that he is. And then me personally, as his friend, like I've been in situations where there was a girl at a place that I liked and he would like, then all of a sudden he's making out with this girl. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, I don't know what you guys think, but this guy's like, like on my ass. Like every girl that I like, Somehow is like he was dating. snagged from yeah, me yeah, in some yeah, kind yeah. of way, right? So I'm like, I don't know. This is like a tree's like Prince in my yeah, mind. I'm like, he's like, he's tricking you guys. Like, I don't know what you guys think. He's he's he's, he's laying incognito, and yeah. then he's lying in wait, and then he he snags every girl that I look their way that I like them. He steals. Yeah. So that was my experience with Les, and it wasn't a personal thing. I just kind of I just kind of laughed it off. That was yeah. funny. But then as as the years went on. You know, Les is traveling. He's going on cruise ships. He started uh, living in Key West. And then I'm at work one night, and a friend calls me and is like, uh, yeah, uh, we, we were hanging out with Les, and uh, his boyfriend was there. We had a crab feast, and everybody was there, and there were the, the, we all were sitting around the table, and it was, it was so nice, and his boyfriend is so nice. And I'm like, what? And I felt like I was, like, such a close person to Les, and I felt like there was, like, this last supper that was had and I wasn't invited to it. Mm-hmm. And I took it really personally because I thought it was his way of bringing his boyfriend to town and bringing all the people that he cares about to meet his boyfriend. That's mm-hmm. how I, in my mind, because I'm crazy, my mind made this whole thing of like, well, I just wanted to gather all the people that I care about to the place where I grew up at Zen West, my favorite place, and have all of my real close friends here to meet this person and, yeah. and, and for me to reveal this p- part of myself that you guys have all had questions about for years, I'm sure. But here I am. Yeah. That's how it went in my mind. Right? Yeah. So then when I, I like said, I threw a coming out, like I threw a crab boil for coming out. How <laughs> straight does that sound? Well, what was funny. Hey is, guys, come to this crab boil. I got something to tell you. All right. <laughs> what's funny is less. You don't know this, First but you'll notice, but I remember, I remember this situation because I talked to you, or mm-hmm. you told me about it, and I was like, you know, how's Les doing? He's like, yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't talked to him in a couple of times. I went like, why? I went like, why? It was like, it was this voice, this down. I was like, I was like, why? I sent him a long text message. I was like, I was like, hey, man, just want to let you know, wow, I thought we were better than that. You come into town and you bring your boyfriend and you reveal something like that to the world and, and you don't even tell me. I, wow. And then oh his, his, response, his response was like, Man, I didn't. What, I didn't even look at it that way. Da, 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 da. Like a stuff that was like really what he just said. But 
in my mind, I'm like, lies. I don't want to hear your lies. Your horn, your horn of lies won't work on me. You just happen to have 20 people at this meet your boyfriend at Zen West and I wasn't invited. I don't want to hear about it. So then after a couple of days of me uh, being like that and yeah. I talked to you, we like either met up and talked about it or whatever. And then he said to me basically all the things he said, like, I just came to get a drink and they all were there and they were eating crabs. Yeah. And so we just ate crabs. Yeah. It was not a. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't yeah. like a thing. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, sorry." Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So from this point of view, and from all the like work we've both done on just in ourselves since then, that's hilarious. And it and to think of how I handled it then because I I, I was like because I it was a, it still was a thing. It still was like oh this is sort of. Like I went to Zen, I didn't introduce, like I wasn't saying anything like that, like to anyone. People would ask, and I'm like, yeah, you can say that because we're together. Yeah. And I said to myself, that's always been a thing for me. Is like I said, if I ever start dating someone, then that's when somebody will know who I'm into, yeah. and it'll just have to be that. Even if it was a female, I would still be who I am, yes. and I still like men, yes. even if I was dating a female. Yes. So people would just have to, and so many people. Just say, oh, well, then you're bi. Somebody, they, people, I have to have friends that just have to cling on to a thing they have to put in you order in a box. for it to make sense. To yeah, them. they have to put you in a box. So, so many people we know have just been like, oh, I can't keep up with you. You're bi. And I'm just like, okay, sure. If that's what you need. For your brain, to, for your brain to keep functioning, if you need to put me in a box. For, for your little pea brain to understand <laughs> <laughs> that things don't have to be so black and white. Sure, I'm bi, you dumb fuck. <laughs> so, but. But for that situation, we I was like, hey, you have this day off. Let's go to Baltimore. Um, just so happened, people were all at Zen, like I said. And it wasn't, yeah, this person was going to come meet y'all at some point. And then on my end, on my end, if I had just been like, yo, come to Zen, your answer would have probably been no anyway. <laughs> so You let's, don't let's, know let's that. clock out. Yeah, I do. I do. And, <laughs> and I already told you, I'm not one of those people that will play into your little, I know you I know you know that I'm not going to come, but still invite me. I don't play that. <laughs> my, answer, my, my answer would have been like, yeah, no, I'll try. What time? Yeah. Then, no, that's funny because we do the same uh, thing. Because other people go like, hey, if I open, I go, I'm not doing that. He's not, he's not coming. I'm not about to... <laughs> He's not going to come, so that's that's not where. Let's move on. Let's, but let's, that's that's not me currently, yeah. though. No, that's not me that's now. Not good, but 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 previous no, years, you've been like, Alvin's not coming out, so I'm not inviting him. I'll tell him. I'll tell him how it went. I'll well, talk to I still day. wanted to be invited to your coming out crab boil, even if I wouldn't have come. <laughs> <laughs> it's the principle. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so what happened? The day happened. The day happened. And that didn't cross my mind at all because I was, me, me coming out wasn't a thing because yeah. people have been around me and people have been questioning to themselves. And that's what I appreciate about people is because that just means that y'all rock with me and whatever was going to be whatever. Yeah. So all of my best friends that stay that way because it's just like, I knew, I knew what I was doing uh-huh. and I was purposely keeping, keeping people on their toes. Cause I'm like, it's none of your business. You like me, you should like me how you like me. For sure. Yep. And that's it. And so, because that's how I'm with y'all. I know y'all have sex with women, but maybe you don't. (laughs) And I don't know. And I don't care. Yeah. I like you for you. You're my friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that should be. And I don't think if you're not telling me that you're straight, I'm not telling you that I'm gay. It's Mm. it's not like, oh, well, Mm. I talked to, well, I'm straight. 
so I talked to my wife today and like people don't do that. Like, but that always has to be a thing with my conversations. Like yeah. so I was dating this guy. I'm gay by the way. Yeah. Like, no, that's not, that's not, that I don't, I don't carry any situation like that. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I, like I said, it's whoever I was dating. So I was going to make a big deal about bringing the first guy I've ever dated to your house. Yes. Or to meet, invite you and you know, out at the time to like do that whole thing. Yes, but that would have been a separate thing that I was going to plan to see what y'all was up to and yes. stuff like that. And so, yeah, y'all had your own thing coming. Yeah. And so when I got this message, which I thought was sweet, I was like laughing at it as I was reading it. Even though you're pouring your feelings out, I'm laughing at it. I was like, oh, I was like, this is really sweet. The the sentiment sweet, but I, my immediate reaction was. It's not about you. You literally just made my <laughs> fake coming out about you. <laughs> I was like, how is this like, turned into something even, about that's you? That's not even what it is, but how dare you make it about you? Because yeah. it was, yeah, you know, but you, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, was I, like, that. I, I was like, I'm this hurt. has nothing to do with you. <laughs> I'm hurt. I can't believe you would lie to me and, and deceive me and not, <laughs> and not invite me to such a moment. Like what, what about me yeah. and my feel? It was very much like that. But I like the idea that like, <laughs> It was sweet because it's like it wasn't like yo you gay, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. Not that not that you ever had any like because it was worries. very much like there was. I remember parts of it, and there was a lot of. I hope I didn't like make you feel uncomfortable. Like I thought I was like very open with you know just being your friend. It was like very much being like you were taking on responsibility that also wasn't yours. Like I thought I was just I thought I was good enough is type of thing. Yeah. To, received this information no, I was, I was before hurt. other it, people. It got deep. It got deep for me. I was at work. Like I had a lot yeah. of time to think. I was like, I mean, am I not a person he feels like he could tell that to? Do I exude homophobic, and so, but homophobic that's the tendencies? Thing. And that's the thing. With, um, with, when it comes to situations like that, that, that taught me a lesson. And that taught me a lesson. They're like, do I have fake beef with people? And I don't know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because if you didn't say anything, that would have been something you internalized and maybe like stop hanging out with me as much as you used to. And yeah. I would have never known. Yeah. So people like, you got to just talk things out and that should be a real friendship is where you can just let stuff out. But yeah, again, I had no feelings. <laughs> I was all, like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> I was like, you're ruining, I was my, like, you're ruining uh, my coming out crab boil. <laughs> <laughs> so when I read that, I, I literally so it's for me and that, and even your assumption of what my reaction was on the other end was even wrong because I didn't have any <laughs> ill feelings at all. I read it, I took the sweetness from it, and I was like, oh, well, I was like, yeah, and I even I think I was like, hey, I'm sorry, if that's how it came out, and it has nothing to do with you, yeah. uh, but yeah. I just I was like, we were just there, it happened, and. No way. And probably you should probably take that as an even better thing. It's like, you know that you don't need to know about things like this because whatever I have to say is going to come to you in a different way. And it was accidental too. I just came to Zen and yeah. everyone was there. He said something and like so I that. Was like, and, oh. and at that night I was like, <laughs> a likely story. Yeah, everyone just right. happened to be at Zen West, a bar where people drink and get free discounts yeah. on the food. Everyone just Everybody happened to each all other. be there yeah. on a Friday <laughs> enjoying themselves. I just was like, it, I had that tone, but it was like, no, that makes perfect sense. A bunch of people that we know from that bar were at that bar yeah. for an event where there was like free food there. And I was like, in his mind, yeah, there was right. a group chat. There was a Facebook <laughs> yes. invite that I made. 
their personalized invitations with people's names. And I didn't get one. Calligraphist, write and out so invitations. And so I'm going over, and then the to to top it all off, a friend, two friends that we know that are a couple. Mm like posted a picture with like him, the guy, them, and was like, what a great night. And I was like, wow. Yeah, so exploded. that person, yeah. so that person gets to know, and I don't get to know. You told that person this before <laughs> I, before that before you tell me. Yeah. So I'm playing these games. I'm looking, zooming on the picture. Like, wow, that person, that person was at the crab oil coming out. Crab oil. <laughs> and you didn't tell me. Wow. Was that person even at your birthday party? <laughs> were, they at your, were they at your 25th? fifth birthday party dressed like a five-year-old no i don't think they were but they get to come to this monumental moment and i had all that and that's why you got some of that energy friend a couple yeah. days later where you're like yo les is in town how yeah. is he i'm like i wouldn't know i wouldn't know a lot of things about les i thought i did uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> if, i don't know if, if that is his real name <laughs> Yeah, so uh no, long story short, uh that that was not a coming out, but it 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 speaks to like even the dumb type of nuances in that that journey if people choose to take that journey of like coming out to your close friends. Cuz like you said, that was a, that was a bar you said too of like you have to come out every day cuz you might have to be at a place where yeah. there's a drag show happening and you're sitting there in sweatpants and you're enjoying the drag show and somebody next to you says the f word or like I didn't know they were doing this gay shit in this bar tonight and they don't know that you're well, gay. I mean, and they're talking to you. Yeah, and that's another thing. What I was saying early to swing around to what I was saying, how like <laughs> it's a it's a double edged sword, so to speak, when it comes to being black and queer, because I also have to come out to the queer community to make them feel comfortable. So there's mm-hmm. things I have to do in every setting that I'm in. If I'm a black man and I'm entering a space with females, I try to turn on the gay so they're sa- so they know they can feel safe. Mm. Like so, if I didn't feel like Yes, honey, God. Yes, mama. Knock the house down boots. Like, if I, like, but if I come into a room and it's just me and a female and I'm in an elevator, I'm like, oh my God, I love your blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just to, to diffuse. cut the ice, just yeah. to cut the tension, just to diffuse. And, you know, I feel like sometimes it's one of those things where even if I'm in a visible, I see, a, you know, a bunch of, or another queer dude or something like that. It's like little signals that will just be like, okay, me, I'm just black to some people. (laughs) So, and I know that the black community has been like uh, a lot, have gotten under a lot of fire for like um, homophobic acts and gay bashing and stuff like that. And being from Baltimore, I've seen it firsthand and I've seen like gay guys getting harassed in the mall by like a bunch of dudes from there. And it's like, I've seen it. So it's just a part of my reality. So I don't really think about how other people see it. Yeah. And so obviously they already will be like, well, this black guy is like going to have this aggression towards me. And I, uh, yeah, like I said, I sort of have to do it in my own circles <laughs> yeah. just to make people feel comfortable. But it, and, and now in my, in my more mature age, uh, I'm just like, these are a lot of things I've taken on myself personally to make other people feel comfortable. But I'm like, what the fuck are y'all doing to make me feel comfortable? Yes. How about that? Yes. So I just go into a room as myself. If somebody has something to say or somebody feels a certain way, that's a them problem until we have a conversation. Until like, so I don't need to be thinking about unless it's a area where I'm in danger. I don't need to be rolling out red carpets for other people mm. to feel comfortable. That was, I feel like that moment with you was one of the first, inner integrations of my new self where it was like 
you just got to let people have whatever they're feeling to themselves. Like it's a, a lot of people just have them, them problems that yeah. I don't know about. <laughs> because I'm just you, let me, you let me cry in the crib. <laughs> I'm in my, he'll, fall, my he'll, fall asleep, he'll fall asleep eventually. Just let him cry out. Let, he just, yeah. he just wants, he just wants up, up. He just wants uppies. <laughs> he just wants uppies. Just let him cry. We don't. We don't want to spoil him. So just let him get. The, we don't want to give him uppies. Just let him cry in the in the crib. He'll fall asleep eventually. Damn. Okay. And, uh, and I feel like I feel like it forced you to think about it because my tune never changed. No. I never gave you more. I texted him, like, text him like a I couple of days like, after that. It I think I called you and texted like, 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 It wasn't about you. <laughs> <laughs> so after a couple of days of that, of me crying and not getting uppies, I, call, I called him a text and I was like, yo, man, I reacted kind of bad. You know, you're right. Like, that wasn't really about me, but my feelings were hurt. And yeah. then we had like a real back and forth. Like, yeah. well, you know, you're my friend and that all that mushy stuff or whatever. And we and we cleared it up. So that's good. But, to, you know, just to, 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 to close things out, this is a question I'm going to be asking people for you. Being less green, uh, performer, you know, uh, a queer presenting person, black man, what what in your friendship groups and people that are around you, what does allyship look like to you? Not not at Thanksgiving, not when you're not around, but like just around you. Is it like what is that? Um, I honestly think I'm learning it like I think I've said this about a lot of things I'm late to the game on a lot of things I'm late to respecting myself I'm late to learning how to love myself like this is all I'm unlearning a lot of stuff and it's like a it's like a I just see it as a circle I'm letting I'm pushing some stuff out and it's like a deep breath I'm letting out the old stuff and I'm breathing in the new stuff I'm learning at the same time so I'm still trying to see what if I'm being an ally to myself, mm. <laughs> first of all, yeah. and I'm processing that. So it's like, I feel like all the people that are still in my life are there for a reason because I, and so I feel like maybe for me, I feel like everyone in that I hold near and dear to me already in this certain ways are on this journey with me learning what that is. Yes. So I get new information and I share it with you. Yes. So then you have a different insight on things. And so I'm being better with myself. You're learning to be better with this community and space. And um, it's work. Yes. In, in, a, in short, allyship is work. As mm. much as everything else is. If you want to be an ally, if you want to describe yourself as an actual ally. Do the work. You know, I, it, it's, it's work. Yeah. It's it's watching queer films without having a gay friend over yeah. and being like, Oh, let's watch this movie. It's watching queer programming without having that person there. It's doing your own research and learning us. All it is being an ally just means learning about something that doesn't have to do with you. And it's not performative in your day to day life. It's not a post. It's the work that's not seen. It's not a post. It's not a black square. It's not a, uh, it's not a pride flag in front of your house. It's nothing virtue signaling type stuff. It's none of that. It's can I have a conversation? Uh, can I have a real conversation about real issues in this community without you defending it? Being an ally means listening, not mm. talking. Being an ally means learning, not, not telling people. Yeah. yeah, not teaching. Like, not telling people how you see it. Mm. being an ally has a lot to do with shutting the fuck up (laughs) honestly and creating space 
creating space for people that don't have it. Create like if you have a platform, share it. You spread the word. You share. You share. You know. You try to enlighten these yeah. other people. But yeah. So in short, and being an ally, I think is just a lot of listening, learning, creating space for people, and shutting the fuck up. Mm. <laughs> 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 like instead of screaming at your family, how about you give me the mic? Mm. So I can tell your family why I don't like when they touch my hair. And so you've been like, don't touch Tamika's hair because your hands are nasty. <laughs> no. Because, because <laughs> I it's said. deeper than that. It's putting yeah. me in a position of yeah, authority and control. Yeah, like yeah. It. Yeah. Mm. yeah people, there's a lot of people wanting to be heroes versus, yeah. you know, being the sidekick. Mm. So there's that's a lot cool. of that. So. Oh, that's damn. So yeah, and that's that is just a little bit of my journey, and uh, you guys will be on it. I mean, y'all know me, so it's constantly changing. And y'all know I'm like I'm always re, re learning something, traveling, yeah. meeting other people, learning different things, and learning different things about myself. So it's like I mean, I'm just one person with one opinion, and some people may agree with it. Some people might have their own things. I mean, some people feel very strongly against maybe some of the things that I've said when it comes to like coming out and they're like that holds so much power and sure. you should be proud of doing this and you should be out and proud about everything. But it's like, that's fine for you. Yeah. Everyone has their own thing. Some people coming out means death. Like there's some people in countries that will be murdered if they come out. Yeah. This was, no, this was a fucking conversation and a half, man. And uh, yeah. we're going we're gonna to have more conversations like this, but I'm going to let you go. Enjoy Brazil. If you come back with a BBL, or a, thin, <laughs> or a thinner waist and you try to tell me like, no, I just, I just, uh, been drinking a lot of lemon water. I'm not trying to hear it. I'm going to ask you to show me your belly button because they do something weird to your belly button when they snatch your waist. So just listen, come, come back, come back as you are. Don't no, come back with you, some kind of you, cat face. You come back, you come back with a BBL and then Alvin gets all in his feelings because you didn't tell him why you did it. Yeah, but why didn't you tell me your journey? You, you can always, you can always, call, you, why, why you can always call, yeah, you can always call friend. We can talk about it. I go, man, just let him, just let him go through his little just thing. Let him, just, 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 just let him, just let him, just let him you cry. Got, about you it. got augmentation to your body. Why don't you love yourself? Why don't you love yourself, King? Why don't you love, why wouldn't you tell me you don't love yourself, man? Wow, I thought we were better than that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a plug plug do pl whatever you have shows you have coming up in in the later months right this is coming out in what month is this it's coming out the first week in november yeah. so anything november and later go um wow put me on the spot i don't even know what's going on well hotel hotel uh, hotel, <laughs> hotel cafe december but, 9th in los angeles oh yeah that is happening so i mean hey everybody my name is Les green you know i am Les green across all socials Including OnlyFans, like no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you got bills, the man. The is my band. <laughs> the Swayze's is my band. Exactly. No, no, no shade to my uh, online sex workers. Y'all make y'all money. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, I am left screen is my stuff. My band's called the Swayze's. S W A Y Z E E S, and um, we got shows. And y'all should be just checking out for new music from us and. Uh, we have a show in L.A. for all our L.A. listeners out there. December 9th at Hotel Cafe. There's a special guest that'll be appearing <laughs> that you all might know and love. Oh, and, don't say uh, it like that. Yeah. Don't, wait, don't say it like that. I'm just coming to watch the show. Don't. I'm not doing anything. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't I'm know like, are you, Affirmative are murder, you murder. Podca- Are you doing a podcast here too? <laughs> no. Yeah, I just will be there. We can get drunk there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He's, he's just coming uh, to support his friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, y'all should come too. Um, and y'all should go watch the Elvis movie and listen to the soundtrack. Listen yes. to Tutti Fruity, track 11, Less Green. Get, those Get some streams up. Streams up. Yeah. It's not going to do anything for my pockets. It'll oh. just make me look cool on the internet <laughs> for future gigs. So, hey. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, once again, thank you to Les. And uh, hey, man, listen, be safe, and I'll talk to Sorry. you soon. All right, bro. All right, bye. Adios. I can speak Spanish and Portuguese now because I'm in Brazil. What's bye. Going, real quick, quick, quick. What's 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 bye in, in Portuguese? Uh, uh, I don't know. Adios. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that guy. All right. Uh, wow, man, that's a good conversation, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I learned a lot. Um, I'm I'm really glad we're doing this. I'm ex- I'm excited to talk to some more callers. But so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna call some more people. Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeInABook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audio book using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my mylifeinabook.com journey, and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions, and, you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P, at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time, that's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. Oh, hello? Hello, can we speak to Hannah? This is Hannah. Hi, Hannah. This is Alvin and Fran from Affirmative Murder. Hi. What up? Hi. How are you guys? Oh, sorry. My dog thinks. There's a person here because I said hi. <laughs> did we catch um, it? Did, you, did we catch it a good sorry time? Sorry about that. How's it going? Good. How you been? I'm I'm in grad school, so I'm just trying to get my shit together. Okay. How are you guys doing? Uh, same. Just awesome. always, constantly a battle of getting shit together and, and getting it together and yeah. all of those things. It's always a it's it's a journey, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. <laughs> so, Hannah, um, good talking to you again. What resonated with you when you saw that this was the town hall that we were doing? Oh, okay. Well, um, so I'm queer and I'm genderqueer, uh, I guess one way to describe it. So I identify as non-binary. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. Um, and I... I 
you know, I'm pretty involved or trying to be more involved with like my own queer community at my school. And just seeing that you guys were interested in kind of having a dialogue, I thought was really cool. And I mean, I'm a huge fan of both of you guys. I know that's kind of weird, right? But like you guys, I love your podcast. So, um, yeah, I was pretty excited to see you were doing this. Yeah. That's not weird at all. We appreciate it. Um, uh, I don't, (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's not weird it's great um okay yeah no, uh, <laughs> i don't know I, I thought i was gonna say something else and there just was nothing there yeah, when i went stuck. to speak more yeah. I, man my brain froze <laughs> it's not weird at all it's great um just to you know make alleviate that thing that you said not at all not weird at all um <laughs> now uh hannah as far as far as like how you yeah how you got to uh, you could speak to it. I, I don't. I could be wrong. I, I like to just speak and 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 sure. let people that know what they're saying correct me along the way, right? So to me, the 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 pronouns is, have always existed, always obviously. But I'm like choosing mm-hmm. your choosing your pronouns. The journey of choosing your pronouns feels like a relatively like new concept. So like, w- how did that manifest itself yeah. for you as like ten year old Hannah? Like, what what would you say comes along with being non binary and and the journey of choosing your pronouns and how did that manifest itself before there was a language to put to it? If that makes sense. Oh, that's a really, yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, so I, you know, I'm kind of like finding my gender identity, uh, was more of a recent thing. And I think honestly, like as weird as it sounds, the pandemic, kind of forced me to be really introspective with myself and things that I've maybe always felt about how I identify or how people, how I want people to see me, I guess. Um, and I kind of reckon with a lot of these, I don't, or just really wrestled with these things. And, uh, like as a kid, I don't know. I mean, I, this might sound really cliche or typical and I know, you know, every kid kind of feels different, right. And like, just feels like they don't really fit in. Sure. Um, but I, you know, I just never felt like feeling like one of the girls, I guess, just didn't really feel like it just didn't really fit with me. And there were just so many things about my friends that I just didn't kind of identify with. And it's really hard to pinpoint. Um, and the difficult thing with that too is, you know, we have a lot of these misconceptions of what gender should be. And, you know, a lot of the things that I didn't really feel like I fit in with were kind of stereotypical female things. Yeah. And, and so like that, that shouldn't have made me feel like I didn't fit in, sure. you know, just cause I didn't like those stereotypical things. But, um, even still that just didn't, I don't know. There was like this kind of discomfort with it, I guess, but I didn't really have, like you said, you know, the language, you know, at least in the mainstream is relatively new. And I certainly didn't have the language or the knowledge to kind of contextualize that stuff. And, um, I guess in the pandemic, it kind of allowed me to, you know, I was home and I didn't have to kind of perform every day. I didn't have to be a certain thing. I didn't have to appear a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of freeing. So I just kept, it was like this continual exploration of that really to help me figure it out. That's really interesting. And, and to, to like reverse it on what you say, like the way that you felt uncomfortable 
in fitting into these binary boxes of let's just say stereotypical things like dolls and being on the cheer team or whatever the things were a person shouldn't feel uncomfortable right. if they do like those you know where if in the binary right. box you're being put in is telling you you shouldn't like those things so I, I find mm-hmm. I, I find this I find this conversation very interesting because it can get muddied by people trying to slam dunk on people or people coming with like you know empirical data or whatever that's you know to just to not have a conversation about somebody saying this is how I feel and you your whatever right. data that you have on a piece of paper can't describe how I feel as a person and to tell somebody that their right. journey is exactly. like not true is one of the most disrespectful things I've ever heard you know because. As a black person, right. as a black man, I walk through life and, I, and me and Fran talk about it a lot. It's like, it's just some stuff I can't tell people is real. Yeah. But I because know they, it's real. Yeah. But right. they don't understand. So for somebody, I can, I can right. empathize with somebody saying, this is what I feel. And to be met yeah. with, to be met with like, well, here's the facts or here's the science or whatever. It's like, it's like, it, right. it's like you're to just tell somebody that they're crazy is so dismissive and it's, 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 it's horrible, you know? It's nothing worse than right, being exactly. misunderstood. I'm completely fine with being misunderstood, but like not listening being, is a thing. Yes. Yeah. Not listening and being told it just just dismissing and, and exactly. calling it crazy is yeah. different than not understanding. Right. And so I empathize right. with that part. Exactly. Of it, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely. And it's I mean, it's been a really weird journey, especially because I'm in like the academic world. And funny you bring up data like I so the field I'm in it sounds very fancy but it's not it's just bioinformatics and I basically it's like computers and biology and using computers to study biological shit I would have have called it bio bio biocompuology but continue yes yeah I mean yeah there's computational biology it's like another way you could say it so that's pretty close yeah yeah that's pretty spot on I like Um, I like mine better and yeah (laughs) It's more fun for sure. Um, And so, you know, I constantly see other science people trying to use science to describe gender and sexuality and um, uh, just all these concepts that have, you know, been established because there were only like white guys in science for so long. Yeah. Um, And what's wild about that is like when you look at things like sex chromosomes, you know, there's totally so many different variations and different variations in hormones and how much certain hormones we receive individually. And so trying to explain this with biology in the way that they do, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense because biology is not that black and white, you know, it's not this clear cut thing where XX is the only female and XY is only male. Like there's so many variations and, so even then it doesn't, it doesn't fit, you know, it's like just having these two genders, just doesn't even fit when you think of biology and how it works. So I love, I love having that argument, uh, just cause it's, I don't know. I mean, it's the science is there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if you can answer this, but what, what data do they have for them to, you know, to, to believe that? Just well, the, the, chrom- the chromosomes. It's, it's the chromosomes thing. Yeah, the chromosomes, chromosomes, and like genitalia stuff, mm. right? And like, even then, there's a lot of ambiguity, you know, with like secondary sex characteristics and stuff. So there's, there's just 
I don't know. And I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not intersex, so I don't want to speak for anybody, but there's so much, there's so many incredible educators out there that are talking about how, you know, how vast biology is when it comes to gender and identity and psychology. Like there's just so much still for us to learn. Um, and it's, it's just really not as clear cut as people think. Exactly. And it's like, I don't even like to get weighted down in the, in, in going into that world of the analytical thing, because I like to focus more on like just gender, gender roles and gender identity and, and how you right. choose to right. perform your life and how you choose to express yourself is not something that is any of my business. And, you know, and it's your journey and I support people in expressing themselves however they choose to. So the idea of even going into a mathematical, biological perspective, when when we're talking about, listen, I like to wear dresses or I like to wear suits or I like to let my facial hair grow out or my legs hair. That's your business. And I support it. And I think that people should be able to represent themselves however they please and not be, have to be apologetic about it or explain it to anybody. I'm not here. Listen, I'm, I'm not here to, the, the just to reiterate like this the point of this is not to like have people come here and like explain why you live your life the way that you do i want people to i <laughs> yeah, want people yeah, to just yeah. have the opportunity and, and a platform to just kind of speak about their journey some obstacles in that journey and just for for my own personal interest to learn about those things because that will help sure. me un- understand the plight of a of a of a community better and help me grow in empathy and education and so i'm not here to like to to like uh put people under a microscope yeah so i don't even like to yeah uh, absolutely yeah i just am like if you however you choose to express yourself and the journey that it took you to get to that point i'm fascinated in that part i don't i don't really even care about the yeah the 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 science of it or whatever you know more importantly is like you listening you yeah taking taking you know taking initiative to be like i want to listen and learn instead of just trying to you know, correct people and then like maybe whatever they say disagree right. with them because you believe something else. And that's what tends to happen when you play the other game of that conversation exactly. about the statistics and where's yeah. the data. And all that. I, totally. I'm not here for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting, honestly. And uh, I think, I don't know. I, I, uh, I've had to get used to explaining because so many people like, I mean, especially my own parents, you know, like there's a, there's a huge misunderstanding and I think a lot of people confuse gender and sexuality. A lot of people confuse, you know, and I, I understand that we, again, in the, in, I guess the ethos really like it's tough to say so many cultures have observed this like gender spectrum, you know, but in mainstream society, the language wasn't always, well known yeah and so yeah it's nice to now have have that language at least for me it's comforting it was like just oh yeah helpful and would you say because again i I don't know i don't know shit about shit right so as far as like your 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 choice to identify with the pronouns that you've chosen is did you do that to reject the societal idea of what femininity and her and she is and you you just don't resonate with that and so you chose to take yeah. that stance is that what is that is that the is that the or is that at least part of the idea i'm just trying to i just want to understand i think that's part of it no absolutely absolutely i so just so to kind of like add some more context 
you know, like I, I always knew I was queer and I identify, uh, I don't even like the term bisexual cause I, I basically, the way I tell people is like, I like everyone. I think everyone's attractive and that's my sexuality. And once I kind of came out with that, I felt more confident and courage to really explore this other aspect of who I am. Yeah. And so I, the more and more I thought about how I identify my own gender and the pronouns I use, uh, the more and more she and her just felt really uncomfortable. It just didn't feel, it just didn't feel like me. And, and I guess I, like, I don't know if it ever did, but it really started to just rub me the wrong way. And it wasn't, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And it's really hard to, you know, and that's another thing where it's like, it was just a lot of feelings where I just didn't feel yeah, it just didn't feel right anymore. And so, you know, I started trying to incorporate the they, them pronouns and it was really hard for people. And that was hard for me because, you know, I know that this is new for people and it yeah. was new for me. And to expect people to just like know that what pronouns to use and all these things, like, it takes a lot of unlearning, right? Yeah. Like it takes a lot of unlearning our own indoctrination, indoctrination of the gender binary. And so, um, and I, I'm still working on that, you know, like we all are. And yeah, it was, dif it was difficult. And, um, my parents, my family, they definitely struggle. Other people struggle. Um, but with practice, it really, you know, it gets a lot easier. And, you know, I was also afraid to correct people too, because that's also, you know, it just becomes this uncomfortable thing where then I also have to explain like, you know, these are the pronouns I use and what does that mean? Cause usually some people would follow up with a question yeah. or, you know, maybe they just don't understand. They want to know more. And so, you know, then I got to explain and then, you know, sometimes it becomes weird and then it becomes exhausting. So, you know, you got to also like pick your battles with it. Yeah. Right. It's just, a, it's tough. You know, it's a tough, it's tough. Understandable. If you had to give a piece of advice to some, like, because I, I feel like you probably can't even put into words the type of person that you are, right? Like you either know somebody's hearing this and they're understanding what you're saying and the other people might not. Right. So like if you're speaking to those people right. who understand how Hannah was feeling at a young age and not fitting into these boxes and not, but not really understanding what would be some advice to people today, young people, people your age that might still have not, you know, come to terms and understand why they feel the way that they feel. What advice would you give to somebody that might feel the things that you feel on any given basis or have felt in the past? Yeah. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I, uh, I would really say to just kind of take, do yourself a favor and explore. Um, and don't be afraid to start questioning how you feel about things and why you identify a certain way. Cause I think that's the scariest part is really when you start, you start questioning and you're, you know, you feel uncertain in yourself and it's, and you become scared of, you know, what are people going to think and how are people going to react? And, um, but 
like finding out, you know, I don't know, finding words to describe who I am, seeing other people who felt the same way that I did, who were also questioning their gender. That was like the most affirming thing in the world. Just knowing like, holy shit, I'm not, you know, I'm not alone in how I feel and I'm not alone in this kind of like journey of figuring it out. And, um, you know, whatever you find, right, whatever you find out about yourself and how you identify in your gender, um, in your, your sexuality too. Uh, like it's, once you really embrace that part of yourself, like that's the most liberating thing in the world. And I can't, I really can't put into words how good it felt to just come out as like, yeah, this is me. This has always been me. And now there are words to add some context and you know and again like it's not easy it's not going to be easy you know I'm I'm in an atmosphere where there are a lot of old white dudes teaching who you know have a hard time with understanding where we're coming from and I you know other faculty who just really struggle to get it yeah and that really sucks and that it will suck you know like that's there's no denying that but there, it still doesn't, I don't know, there's just like no words to really describe how incredible it feels to find yourself, I guess. Wow. Does that make sense? That does make yeah. sense. Makes sense to me. Well, Hannah, listen, it's always great to talk, and I'm, I'm glad that you reached out to be a part of this. And if do you have any final words before we part ways? Uh, <laughs> um, well, I just want to thank you both for for doing this and having this platform. I'm honored to talk to you guys again. Like I just love your podcast. Um, so many of us do. And um, I mean, you're doing important shit and we're really grateful. And this is just really me. And I'm, I'm just really happy to see people having these conversations because to see this becoming more mainstream like I'm I'm you know 31 I'm your guy's age yeah. and like seeing kids just having the freedom to find this when they're kids like oh my god I would give anything to have that for myself but just to know that that's the future now is ugh, it's just incredible yeah. so yeah I'm just happy to see that this is where we're going you know, we have a long way to go, for sure. right? But like, we're getting there. Yeah. You know, we're getting there. Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. 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 Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. You. Yeah. And you, you be safe out there and we'll talk to you soon. You too. You guys have a great night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Hello. Hello. Is this Allie? Yes, it is. Hi, Allie. It's Alvin and Fran. What up? Hey, guys. How, are, How you? are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. You, you enjoying you enjoying the fall? Wait, where are you? I'm in Colorado. Oh, so yeah, it's fall as fuck. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> it's brisk for sure. Jackets oh, yeah. and flannels. Got, <laughs> definitely, we got first snow yesterday. Oh, gee. Wow. Oh man. Okay. Early. Yeah. Well, then. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so it's good to know. Sometimes I, we talk to people and they're like, oh, I know, I live in California or yeah. something. And it's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, so you get it. But, uh, no, we, we, we do winter here. Yeah, we yeah, fall yeah. in winter here pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Winter is coming. Uh, so, Allie, uh, if you wouldn't mind, please telling us uh, how you resonate with the, uh, 
the intention of this town hall that we're doing. Yeah. So um, I grew up as the daughter of two gay moms. And so I've always kind of been on the peripheries of the LGBTQ community since I personally identify as straight, Mm -hmm. but I've been a part of it because it's kind of unavoidable with two gay moms. Yeah. Um, I think that when I was a lot younger, I didn't really realize that there was anything different about our family. Sure. Um, I think probably until about like five or six, I thought our family was normal and I didn't really see any difference in families. And then uh, you kind of get into school and socializing with other kids and you realize there's, there's something different here. And uh, kids can be really mean. <laughs> yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask that. Like, so yeah. that came with some ridicule and questions that, you know, were maybe inappropriate or rhetorical. They just more of jokes than questions and things like that. Um, you know, there wasn't, um, there was one particular, um, instance with a bully that I remember really well that she came up to me and she said, you're going to be a lesbo because your moms are. Mm. And it was like, you don't know me anything about me. You don't know anything about my, my mom's. Why, why do you think you know how I'm going to turn out? And why is that a negative? And you know, that, you know, and that too. Yeah. yeah. Why is that a negative thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I remember a lot after that, I started referring to them as my, as my parents instead of my mom and kind of doing this thing where I was, I'd feel people out and try to figure out how they were going to react or how they were going to, um, take the idea of me having two moms. And I would not really tell people until I felt comfortable around them. So society made you make that adjustment. You had no problem saying my mom's until you realized like this could come with negativity or judgment in some kind of way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think okay. the other thing that I really remember from my, from my childhood is I had a very dear friend. We've been friends since kindergarten and we're still friends now, but she was never allowed to spend the night at my house. Mm. Um, she, her family is very religious and they're all really nice, kind people aside from this. So it was really kind of this dissonant thing where there's, they're very kind people. They were always very nice to me. I spent the night at her house all the time, but she was not allowed to spend the night at my house. She could come over and play, but not spend the night. Funny how that works. They're always religious. Yeah. The nice people who um, cast judgment yeah. in certain groups. They're always the nicest people until you know they their ugly side show, show, yeah yeah um so uh, that's actually that actually leads to an interesting conversation so uh obviously we live in a crazy world and people with wild ideologies and and uh things of that nature um as a, a kid who was raised by two uh gay people what feelings come to you when you see the argument from sick terrible people that you know uh, gay people shouldn't be able to adopt or raise children because because of what I don't know, whatever fears they have, you know, like, I mean, you sound like a nice person, you know, you, you know, like they, they, they sound like they did a good job with you. So like as a person who has experienced that, like, what is that? How does that make you feel when you hear that as an argument? And I hate to even call it an argument, but like as a talking point. 
I mean, it breaks my heart because there are so many kids out there who need home mm. and who need loving families. And I think both my moms and other gay couples that they were friends with or are still friends with are some of the most loving people I've ever met. There's, there's not anything untoward happening in these communities. I mean, of course, you're always going to find bad apples that may be bad, but... Just bad parents, you know, but that could just be a bad those- parent that has nothing to do with... You know, yeah, you know, like sometimes people get adopted by people who have, you know, insidious ideas, but that doesn't have anything to do with like their sexual orientation, you know, like, you know, so that's that it's, it's right. crazy to even that they could if you could even some people they'll, they'll find an example of that. But you'll find an example of people of all walks of life that might have adopted a kid for a nefarious reason, you know. Exactly. And, you know, I think that it's very interesting, my friend not being able to spend the night at my house. I probably saw her parents be more affectionate towards each other when I was over than I, than I saw my mom being when I was around. Yeah. So it's not like they were going to do anything to try to turn anyone gay or anything like that. Yeah. So it just breaks my heart because it means that we're stopping, we're stopping people from having loving, wonderful homes. And that's another uh, great. I'm just I'm just trying to dismantle as many talking points I can with somebody that has the experience that you have. None of these talking points need to be dismantled. They're they're insanity and they don't make any sense. But uh, the idea mm-hmm. the idea that uh, a kid can be programmed and uh, see things on television or see things in their home that would um, skew them a certain way. Other than love and and, and a, a, a loving, warm home that you grew up in, would you say that at, at any point there was a, a higher percentage chance of you turning out different than how you, you present today because of how you grew up in your home and who raised you? No, I, I absolutely don't think so. Of course. You know, and aside, some religions are really, or some religious communities are very, very strict about not, allowing gay people and all that stuff. But I, I actually grew up in a really great Lutheran church that my mom found when I was very young, that was an accepting church. And they wanted me to have this kind of structure to my life as a kid. And so some of the most important relationships that I, that I developed as a kid were with people from the church that didn't, kind of find these hardline things that some churches do and instead chose to just kind of love everybody and love their neighbor. And isn't that, that's like really sad because, you know, a a big part of why I'm not like a super religious person is that it's been corrupted by a lot of the messengers because at the core of it, when you just follow the simplest guidelines of these books that people follow it's about love and caring for your community and, you know, being there for people. So, you know, what, and growing up with your parents, with your moms and, and within a church that is accepting as all churches should be, what would you say religion means to you today because of that reason, at least in the framework in which you've, you, you experience religion? Yeah, I think to me, it's really about community and having a community that is reliable and that is about love. I think that's super important. And I think it is, for me, more about the community and, um, and, and the people than it necessarily is about 
memorizing the Bible or anything like that. It's, it's about the feeling that you get when you're, when you're in that kind of community. What would you say are things that you, you would say were unique to your experience growing up that maybe a, a kid with two moms wouldn't have? You know, I don't know how different my childhood was necessarily from a lot of other people. I think that we, we did a lot of the same things. I went to school dances. I, I played piano. I was on, uh, I was on sports teams growing up. Um, not a lot was different. Um, the only thing that I think for me specifically is really special. Um, and it's going to take a little bit of explaining. So hold on. Please, please. Um, is kind of how I came to be, I guess. So, this was in the late eighties, early nineties that my moms were trying to have a kid Mm -hmm. and they tried in vitro a couple different times and it never really took. And so, um, my biological mom's sister and her husband offered for him to be my sperm donor. Oh, wow. And my other mom is a nurse. And so they did everything at home. They, they, didn't go to a doctor's office, none of that stuff. And so everything was done at home and it, it, they, she conceived on the first try and here I am. So that was really interesting. And my aunt and uncle, who is also my father, <laughs> they, they lived nearby while I was growing up and they have a daughter who's five years older than me. So when I was really little, it was just my aunt and my uncle, my cousin. But then I think I was like 11 or 12. They decided to kind of tell us what, what had like how everything had come to be. And so I had this really, really special relationship with my, my cousin who is also my half sister. Oh wow! And so that was something that was a lot different than I think a lot of other, I mean, obviously lots of people don't have that kind of story. Yeah. But that sounds like a really cool community that you guys have then, you know? Yeah, for sure. What type of advice would you give somebody, you know, in the, that was that grew up in the same situation? Because I know, like you said, that being young and having two moms, kids can be brutally honest and mean and bullying. So what kind of advice would you give, you know, a child at, around the same age that's going through the same thing, to, you know, to help them get through that? I would say, you know it's really important just to let your kids know how much you love them. And that that's something that I never lacked. I always knew how much my mom loved me and I knew that it was more important than anything that anybody could ever say about me. Mm. So I think that love is super important and, and, and knowing that it's there, you know, I, we were a very close family. We, um, we have always been kind of in each other's pockets. I've never lived very far away from them. Mm. And I think that's due to the fact that I always knew how much I was loved. So I think kind of for, for a kid that age, it's very important to know that, that your family is always going to be there for you. Right. And so it, it's about kind of leaning back on that relationship and, and knowing that kids are, they think that they don't have filters. They don't have any of those things to stop them from being mean. Right. And so they're going to say whatever comes to mind and it's not necessarily true. Yeah. So not everything that any kid says is going to be true. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I get that. Cause I feel like a lot of kids, you know, dealing with outside noise, even though you said, you know, you know, love is, is very important, but then it would be hard for them to deal with that outside noise. Cause they'll go home and still think about that. And then, you know, kind of wonder like if it's them, you know what I mean? It's like, and it's like something they really don't have mm-hmm. control over. So, you know, it's, 
it's hard for kids that are LGBT as well mm-hmm. that, you know, they feel that there's something within them that, that's wrong right. or that's yep. different. And, and so it's the same kind of thing of you have to find the people in your life who, who are going to build you up, not the people that are going to tear you down. And that's hard in a, in a school environment when you're little. So I think it's really important to know that, you know, you, every, everybody as a human is important. Everybody is deserving of love and it, it's not necessarily always going to be shown from everybody you encounter, but there are always going to be people that you find that are there that love you and that are going to accept you for who you are. Mm. That was beautiful. Um, thank you for taking the time out to talk to us. If you have any other things, any other advice or, or last words or anything like that, please, you know, feel free to shoot. I think that pretty much covered it. I, it's, it was a, it was a great childhood. You know, I, I love my mom dearly and I'm, I'm the person that I am because of them. And I think I'm a pretty great person. <laughs> so, you tootin know, that, tootin' that horn, Allie. <laughs> It's, it's all about, you know, loving your fellow human and, and not concentrating on what makes us different, but what makes us the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ali, listen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the show. And, uh, you know, and thank you for taking the time once again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'd like, like to have you on again. If you, if you see another subject that you resonate with, feel, feel, feel free to reach out Please. again. Definitely will. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thank you. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, guys. So I just wanted to take a second to apologize to Kara because um, although we had a great conversation, I'm an idiot and I forgot to hit record in the first like five minutes or so in her conversation where she told us about her journey of coming out in Texas and the work that she's doing for Thread, which is an amazing organization that um, she's a part of here in Baltimore and doing incredible work thread.org please go check it out but i apologize we missed the introduction so it kind of just we kind of just jump into it and and we missed some good stuff but we also continued to have a fantastic conversation so once again thank thank you to kara please check out thread.org here in baltimore go you know look them up thread.org and you know any ways that you can support please be sure to do that anyway here's kara's conversation um so coming out is partially accepting yourself partially inviting others to accept you wow and Kara, uh, again, thank you. Uh, uh, I appreciate you um, telling that story about uh, you being from Baltimore and this this uh, group that you're Im- involved in. I would love for you to run through that again, uh, just so I could understand the name and and what what the mission is and and, and those things. Yeah, of course. So Fred, um, very decently big organization, not like huge, but they've been around for a while. Um, I'm just gonna try to give you my elevator pitch. Please. It's just, it's such a, it's such a big program that we do a lot. So essentially what we do is we've partnered with six schools in the Baltimore, uh, in Baltimore city. And we recruit the bottom 25% of freshman classes from those six schools. Uh, most of those students have less than a 1.0 GPA. Uh, majority of them are young black men, um, young black women. It started to diversify as the East side has diversified. I think especially we're getting a lot more people who are, Hispanic, you know, Latinx, that sort of thing. Um, but historically and primarily, it has still been it's Baltimore. We're impacting, you know, young black people primarily. Um, and then what we do is we make a 10-year commitment to that young person. Um, 
no matter what, for the next 10 years, Thread is going to support them. The first goal is always to graduate high school. The secondary goal is more up to the young person. They can either go on to college or they can do certifications. They want to start a business, et cetera, et cetera. We find ways to help support them no matter what that path looks like for them. Uh, we also recruit volunteers to act as, we call them a thread family because it's not a one-to-one pairing like you would see with a mentorship. It is actually generally anywhere from two to, like one to four volunteers per yeah. young person. A it kind of, a actually the volunteers, yeah. yeah, it gets, the volunteer number gets less when they get older usually because they don't need as much support as they become more self-sufficient and get older. That's why I say one to four, but usually when they're first starting out, there's at least like two to three per young person. So that way that young person is again, yeah, we like basically are wrapping them up in a community that is going to help them do things like, you know, you live in Baltimore, so I don't have to explain. Sometimes when people are coming from County, I have to explain this to them that like they, we don't have public school buses in Baltimore, for example. Right. I mean, like the yellow buses, right? We've had kids that are MTA bus to school. Mm-hmm. So we have kids, and we don't have a sign school, right? The kids are, t- are waking up at 5 a.m. to get to school sometimes because yeah. they have to take that public bus. And they, maybe they lived closer to that school at one point, and they moved, or maybe grandma lives closer, so it's easier when they get off school, right, to go somewhere. Like, there's a bunch of reasons that that could be happening, but what it means is that, like, these kids are, why, why would ever, any kid want to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to school? And then what if they also have to work the night before? There's a ton of stuff. That it makes it so really the biggest issue is that these kids aren't going to school. Yeah. Um, so that's something that the volunteers, as an example, can do is like help give them rides to school. Um, and just like generally, what we're really looking to do is create genuine connection. Um, like it's not just about we, the first step is always helping the young people, but secondary to that, our volunteers should be getting just as much out of it. They have access to all the same resources. You know, we work with, you know, lawyers and other health organizations in the city to help people get access to, you know, eviction issues, um, you know, health issues, whatever. Um, we work with Whiting Turner. Um, they're a pretty big contractor in the city. They, uh, do a lot with us and they help do like forklift certification. It's just like a lot of partnerships and the idea behind it truly and completely is to create like a better, more connected Baltimore for sure. Not so segregated, right? Because Baltimore is historically segregated on yes. purpose. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yes. Connect people in the community. So it's Absolutely. very, very localized. Um, I love working for them. I've been working for them since May, and it's it's the best job I've ever had. So. And that's Thread, like T-H-R-E-A-D? Mm-hmm, Thread, yeah. Okay. So I, I did have a question. Uh, yeah, Thread.org. So, you know, for the, for, you know, the kids that you guys work with now do they have an opportunity to come back and you know kind of like go through the same process with other kids that's younger than them are they able to come and volunteer okay all right yeah yeah alumni um so even when they do finish their tenure Mm -hmm. so generally that's like 14 to 25 ish 15 to 25 ish right um we always do alumni events as well we have like a yearly alumni that get together they can volunteer if they want to if they have the time Several of our alumni work for Thread. Okay. Um, a lot of them still are very deeply connected to the community. Honestly, there is a running joke, especially with our president, where she's like, we're like a gang. Yeah. Once you get in, like, there isn't a getting out. Yeah. You're stuck yeah. with us. Like, yeah. 
And you're building, you're building, a, you're building a community. Yeah. So that's what you want. You know, it shouldn't feel like uh, yeah. I've served my tenure and now I'm out. It's like, no, right. I'm, I'm forever a part of this to help build it into what it should be. Like a family. Like a family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what everyone is. I, so I'm, like, doing a lot of the communication and social media stuff. And so I'm, I watch, like, every interview we've ever done. And pretty much all of them, it's, like, what does that mean to you? A family. A family. A family. Everyone seems to agree that it is literally building a family. Our CEO, president, she started it, you know, like, 18 years ago when she was uh, a John Hopkins student. And um, she her like young person that she worked with was like there when her child was born, their children are about the same age and play together. Like she's going and you know, all the birthday parties, like they are a family. That's beautiful. Yeah. I want to commend you, you know, on the work that you guys doing. It sounds amazing. What you, you guys have built over there. It's important. And it's important in this city for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm very excited to be a part of it. I, yeah, I've been thinking about you guys a lot because I'm like, always thinking about like things and ways and you know new things to talk to our young people about that might actually interest them uh that offer them different perspectives than what they might be getting so for sure understandable speaking of speaking of perspective so Kara as a queer person uh who's lived in Texas and Baltimore and seen the things that you've seen how old are you I'm uh 26 okay so so uh how how would you describe your journey uh, to from coming out at a younger age in Texas to who you are today? What have you done? Uh, you know, your experience. Are you are you in a relationship? Like, wh- how would Kara 10 years ago look at Kara today? Like, what is what has the journey been like for you? It's been, uh, I would say, pretty interesting. I would say in a lot of ways I've been very fortunate, um, you know, I always kind of, I guess I would place myself middle of the pack in terms of like worst coming out stories or like worst receptions from family and friends to like best receptions. Um, you know, I came out at about 15. Um, it was right after I moved to Texas. I had definitely been struggling with my sexuality up to moving to Texas. I had been living in Easton across the bridge. So, you know, it was not exactly the best, like at the time when I was, coming into the age where I was questioning my sexuality, I'd been living in Easton. Um, not exactly the best place to question your sexuality either. <laughs> very country, very rural. Okay. Um, I moved to Texas. I moved to San Antonio. That's more city, but it still is very conservative, right? Yeah. Um, I would say Easton and San Antonio, Texas are probably on even playing field in terms of like where they lie. And that made it hard. Sure. Um, but I did, gain more queer friends they helped me kind of accept myself and realize that I wasn't just like honestly the messages that I had been fed growing up was that if you liked kissing girls you were like a slut oh wow (laughs) that was the only messaging I was getting was because you're doing it you're doing it for the attention the attention of guys basically yeah, that's always how it's been, like, phrased. And, like, what do you see on the TV during that time period, right? It's like, yeah, no offense yeah. to the Jersey Shore cast, but it's like them making out occasionally the girls. They're not actually gay. They're just kind of, like, being slutty. And, like, yeah. no shame. So have a good time, everybody. Yeah. But, like, to genuinely like women and want to date them seems to something that was, like, totally out of my realm. Like, I just didn't think that could be a thing I could, I could do personally. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't even fathom it. And then I 
met queer people who were out and dating women and had more comfort, that allowed me to reach a comfort level. So like, again, within like a couple months of like accepting it about myself, came out to my friends first, then my mom, my mom is wonderful as she is. And we do have a really good relationship. Definitely took the year confused route for a bit. Um, I would say she didn't really reach a point of accepting that there was a good chance I was never going to be with a man um, until I got with my current partner, um, which was right before 18. Okay. So, so it's been a while. Um, it's been a yeah, while. I met my first current. Oh, it's been a while. Yeah, we're all going on nine years now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I met my current partner when I was 17. I was just about to graduate high school. They were 18, had just graduated high school. We were it was about to be 18 and 19, respectively, um, in San Antonio. Um, I knew I was moving to Houston for college because I wanted to get out of San Antonio, but I could not afford to get out of state. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we were together for about six months. Some of that we did long distance, which San Antonio and Houston are about like three and a half hours from each other. So, so like big, decently long distance. So big. That's crazy. Yeah, three and a half hours. I was in Dallas. I was, I like, I think, I I was, like, I was in like, Dallas. I go to New York. Yeah, I was in Dallas. I was like, I think I might pop up to Austin. It was like, Eight and a half hours. I was like, oh, God, no, never mind. This is crazy. Yeah, no. You'd have an easier time going to Louisiana, but that's still five hours. Oh. And you're not going to the fun part of Louisiana either. You're going to, like, where my mom lives now, which oh. is Shreveport, which is shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're in, um, so you're in Houston. Yeah, you guys no. Are, yeah, you guys are figuring it out. Continue. Yeah, they eventually moved in with me, um, and we've been together ever since. We, we you know, I went I graduated college. We moved back to San Antonio for like a year after college, kind of like trying to figure shit out. Cause I was like, what the hell do you do after college? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I was, um, I had them come up and meet my family here in Maryland, uh, for Thanksgiving, like 2018. And they totally, you know, it's the fall and everything's like the leaves are changing things. Yeah. They haven't experienced living in South Texas Yeah. and they fell in love with it. And then I had a friend who was moving from California to Maryland to go to um, University of Maryland in College Park. And it all just kind of worked out that we, we just ended up moving back. I lived in the Tacoma Park area for, you know, like the past like two, two and a half, three years, like pretty much all pandemic time yeah. until last year when I was like, I hate my landlord and I'm moving to Baltimore <laughs> and buying a house. Um, and all of this to me was made easier by things by being in a queer relationship having someone support you and my mom and my partner get along really well. That's great. Um, my partner's family accepting of the queerness, not so good with gender stuff, Yeah. but the queerness, not an issue. Um, so, you know, we've, we've figured it out and you know, every, every year it gets a little better or easier for my partner's family. Cause my partner is non-binary. Um, but they've always been at least loving and accepting of us as a couple. And we got married. We literally got married last year, like had our wedding in May and then bought the house in July. So oh, wow. it was a very busy. Nice. Getting, <laughs> yeah. getting after so, it. I dig it. I was like, I'm just going to get it all done. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I hit my landlord. I'm, I want to have a wedding. Um, yeah, we, but we did, I will say, since this is like about my career journey, we did get married probably what 2018 we had legally been married since 2018 we got married in texas mostly because it was under the trump administration and i had a lot of anxiety around 
what the Supreme Court decisions would look like and yeah. what challenges would happen and if we would have legal rights to each other. Um, so we got engaged right after Trump was elected to bring some, because that even engagement brings legal legitimacy to your relationship. Yeah. Um, as long as it's made public and stuff. And then we got legally married by 2018. That's wild. So you did it. I mean, I'm sure obviously you guys love each other, but you did it out of the fear that they might repeal and you wouldn't be able to do it. That was yeah. a factor. Well, my, in my partner has, oh, that was a major factor. My partner has some disabilities. We'd already had to go to the hospital. We'd already had issues with yeah. hospitals not treating us fairly, wow. especially in Texas. We had doctors ask if we're sisters, which is honestly hilarious if you could see us because I am the whitest bitch on the planet. My partner is Hispanic and looks it. So it's like us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a redhead. Like yeah. I'm literally the palest person in any room, even with other white people in it. What's Texas? Um, so so like, like, I, it's, I'm going to assume like you guys are sisters. Cause I wouldn't even want to say what else you could possibly be. Cause you would never be that. Exactly. That's a Exactly. You could never be walking up in here with that. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly that. Wow. And yeah, I, I didn't want to run the risk. So yeah. I was like, if we have legal legitimacy to our relationship, they can't, if anything were to happen to you, they can't like keep me out of the room. They can't keep me from making decisions. I know you would want me to make. It was like a big issue. Wow. That's powerful, man. Well, um, yeah. listen, you live in Baltimore now and glad to, glad to have a neighbor. Um, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and glad we could have this conversation and uh, thread.org for sure. And, yeah. and and the, I commend what you guys do. Absolutely, uh, what you what you just described sounds really necessary. And uh, the idea of you know kids having to go through all of that, and then you describe you know some of the kids in these in in this uh, organization being queer kids, and it's like I don't want to get up and get on a bus to go to school. I hate school, but also I'm getting queer bashed at school too. So why yeah, would I go. I go to school? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so anything that you mm -hmm. can do to like alleviate that or let people know that they that somebody out there cares yeah. is really important. And the community that you guys are building sounds really, really important. Yeah. I, yeah. It feels really, it feels like important work. I was just at the shake and bake on Wednesday with some oh, of the kids. Oh, like, the shake wow. and bake. Let me, Oh, Kara, let me just, wow. Oh, let me go on a little bit of tangent for a second. Friend. Wow. Oh, the amount of dances I almost got at oh. shake and bake oh, on my God. roller skates <laughs> and it ate pizza instead. You know, I, f I literally forgot about that place. When you said that, it already re they completely redid it, so it's really nice. Do they still have? Do they still have a? Do they still have a spray paint wall where you can take uh, photographs that they print out for you to take home? No, that, I just I dated myself. So. I, I just dated myself. That. I dated myself. It was it was it was nineteen ninety nine. It was nineteen ninety nine. The bowling alley and like the basement and oh, the skating and the pizza was so, so the pizza was really so nice. delicious. The pizza was so good, friend. You roller skate. You roller skate up to the little cafeteria area. And then Man. you're eating pizza and then back that ass up comes on and you roller skate out <laughs> to the roller rink yeah. and then you almost go dance on a girl and you go, never, never mind, never mind. No, I couldn't stupid. skate. That's so I, dumb, I, I was, I was, I'm too I stayed nervous. On too I stayed on the wall. I couldn't skate. Because you couldn't skate, but <laughs> no. you had the skates on. Yeah, I had them on. You you, but you're propping up like you're chilling. Yeah. Like you, if you let this okay. wall go, you're on your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Shake and bake, Kara. Oh, wow. memory unlocked. Oh, That's memory crazy. unlocked, man. Take your kids there. It's oh, fun. My God. I know one of you got a kid, so take your kids there. Yeah, it's really kids. fun. Oh, it's really bake. cheap. Wow. <laughs> you guys are doing work. You guys are doing work at the Shake and Bake. <laughs> we, we're we doing work. I told you we're in, our main office is in Mondaman. Yeah. Did you hear about the Target getting bought? No. And what they're going to do to it? 
What are they going to okay. target? So Whiting Turner, Whiting Turner, uh, that's he, the guy who uh, is the CEO of Whiting Turner, the contracting firm. I'm forgetting his name right now, but he, I think he bought it with his own money. Like he has a ton of money. Mm. He bought the target and what he's doing is he's completely redoing it to be a space they want to have. Oh my God. They had a long list. Um, they want to do a daycare. They want to do an, emer- wow. an urgent care clinic. They want to do, um, like a cafeteria where they would prioritize local businesses and black owned businesses. They're going to put, um, my, you know, they're going to put thread in there and also several other nonprofits. Um, we already have a space in Mondawmin that is like a, a, you know, like kind of a co-working space for a bunch of nonprofits. Um, but that's going to be an even bigger space. Um, they're going to have like an outdoor area they're going to do where people can like actually hang out. Like they're going to make it, like a community center, essentially. Wow, that's because so necessary. he felt some type of way about Target pulling out. Yeah, you that's, know. Yeah, that's gross. So that's so necessary. Yeah, the way Target pulled out felt a lot. You know, a lot of people felt really hurt by that. Yeah, and I mean, I get it. I live five minutes from Mondawmin. I'm literally. I mean, I'm on the west side. So, yeah. like, it. I wish I had a Target. That would have been nice. Yeah. Um, it's, so, it's, 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 like, it's, he's it's, building it's, up a community space. It's crazy how this is goes into a whole different thing, but I, I just it needs to be addressed because of what you just said. I mean, like the neighborhoods, the way that the way that the way that Baltimore is segregated, and the amount of food deserts that there are, where you can't even mm-hmm. go. A giant is is hard to find in some neighborhoods for blocks. I mean, there oh, are people yeah. getting their groceries from corner stores. Um, but then also mm-hmm. it's it's segregated. That's my neighborhood. Yeah, and it's segregated in this really weird way where you could go from a super impoverished area and then go six blocks another way and the the property values go up and then those people have a shorter journey to get to a whole foods which is priced out from those poor people that need to go 12 blocks to get to that whole foods but wouldn't go to a whole foods because they can't afford it so it's really weird where they even place the the nice grocery stores within the city to where they know the neighborhoods that are nice and gentrified can get here because they have cars and can afford to eat there. And the people who mm-hmm. are just just a distance away that the bus doesn't go this way or Uber would be expensive, they wouldn't come here anyway because it's a Whole Foods and they can't afford to get groceries there. So it's pretty wild. Yep. His yeah, name I is could, Tim Reagan. It's wild. Tim Reagan is his name, Kara. T- yep, yep, Tim. Yep, Tim Reagan. Yep. I've, I just watched the whole... We did, we're doing like a speaker series at work and he did a whole talk where he talked about all the different things he was going to put in there. He's like a really big partner of Fred. Um, he's done, he's, I mean, he's put his own money, like, you know, not like his company money, like his own money. Yeah. You know, I kind of roll my eyes sometimes when these corporates do stuff. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's a tax write off. Right? right. But I mean, this man is putting his own money him. on the line. Passion project. He, yeah, he, he, he's from Baltimore area. He really, he really cares. Right. And so, He's invested a lot over at Mondaman. Um, you know, I'm over at Mondaman, you know, probably at least once a week now, uh, getting myself some Dunkin' and maybe shopping at the, <laughs> the grocery store over there sometimes <laughs> since it's decently closed. Yeah. But one of our schools is Douglas right across the street, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Man. Well, Kara, listen. This has been a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, before you, b- 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 <laughs> before before we end things, uh, if you could speak to somebody who has walked a bit of your path, you know, uh, you know, uh, in a relationship with a non-binary person is a non- non-binary person, identifies as a lesbian or is queer or is in the situation that you experience as far as like working in these inner city communities and and and, and dealing with queer folk that have to deal with the struggles of that. Like what would be some advice that you would give any of those type of folks, you know, that you have in your head from your experience? 
find your people. It's always that. It's always that in almost any situation. If you can find your people, no matter what you're dealing with, if you can find people who are going to be there for you, who are going to support you, who are going to have your back, who are going to tell you when you're fucking up, that's a big one. Uh, not afraid to tell you when you're yeah. fucking up, not going to just people believe you. Find your people, stick with them. That's, that's worked for me because even when, even though I've had issues in my family, you know, my mom, like I said, she's been pretty great, but some of my family's not as great. Um, my friends have been there for me. A lot of my, like, give you just one example. My wedding was in Texas. A lot of my friends have to fly in from, I had friends flying in from California, uh, Maryland, you know, everywhere. Just to, driving from Houston to San Antonio again, three and a half hours. Yeah. Um, just to come to my wedding. Like, if you can have those kind of people in your life who are just there for you, that means something. So it's always find your people, stick with them. Find your people. Well, Kara, listen, thank you for taking the time out. I'm glad we could get on the phone and, and have this conversation. And uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. And, um, yeah, man, this was really thank cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Please, if you guys ever want to do anything with that or interested in learning more, feel free. To, oh, keep, um, keep us, yeah, keep us, in, yeah, keep us in mind. I, I don't know what we could do. I don't, yeah. get, I don't want to get heckled by cool kids. But I'll go talk to some kids and try to yeah, <laughs> say, hey, hey, man, be cool in Listen, life. I I, <laughs> kids scare me so I, bad. We've worked they with scare like, me so bad. Uh, <laughs> like, your shoes are ugly. I'm like, no, I, thank you. Good night. <laughs> they are ruthless. They are ruthless. <laughs> um, but I, I've been really thinking about it because like, we just worked with, if you've heard of like, Chris Wilson, he wrote like the master plan. We've worked with Condoni Fidel and Devin Allen. Like, I'm always kind of thinking about like, oh, Devin Allen's all dope. these amazing yeah, I know Devin. He's so dope. Yeah, he's 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 been involved with Thread. Yeah, um, I'm always thinking about like you know these these are black men who are doing something different from what a lot of these kids are getting modeled for them. Yeah. Right. So I'm always kind of thinking like that's why I'm like I think about you guys because you guys are doing something different than maybe like one of the things alumni have said before is like these streets don't love you. Like if he could go back and tell his younger self something, he would tell his younger self, these streets don't love you and these streets won't have your back. Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of sometimes like these kids need alternative models and to see that they have options. Cause a lot of them think that the only option is the options that they've been shown. Yeah. So that's why I thought I'm thinking of you guys. I'm going to, I'll uh, send you an Instagram message with my email for work. Okay. Please. Yeah. Please do that. And we can keep in touch for sure. Kara. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys for hosting this. Absolutely. And Kara, thank you so much. And we'll be in touch. Okay, sounds good. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, man. Well, um, wow. A lot of interesting conversations, man. A um, lot to absorb. Yeah. This is going to be one I listen back to a few times just to kind of soak it in. Mm. But even like on first go, a lot of the conversations that we had, very enlightening, learning about a lot of different perspectives, hearing about people's journeys. Mm. Um Important stuff, man. It's important to just hear people. Yeah. You know, what do you think? It's always good to hear other people's perspectives and, you know, how they grew up and how they handle it and how they come out on the other side to the person they are today. And then I feel like the the most popular sentiment was, you know, find people who get you, who's going to ride with you, who's yeah. going to stick, stick through it, stick and thin with you and, you know, be real friends. You know, it doesn't matter what you know how you categorize yourself mm -hmm. and it's gender and stuff like that as long as you find people that's going to be by your side and in your corner for whatever thing you know you, you go through as a person or you know with family or whatever it's it's important you know? for sure because i you know blood the blood is thicker than water thing is that's cool but i think that the family that you choose 
says a lot about who you are in the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 it's important to find people because you might you, there's blood that you have that you guys just are never going to be on the same page. You guys are never going to understand each other. But when you find somebody that gets you, mm-hmm. then it, that transcends genetics every time. So I I agree with that 100%. And in and, and the sentiments and the times that I've heard that and the conversations we had yeah. on this episode, I, it, it hit me for sure. Yeah. Like I, I feel that very much. So, um, yeah, man, this was in, this was enlightening. Um, I wish that we could have gotten some other perspectives, but I, this we can't do five hours, you know. Yeah. Maybe we'll bring this topic back around. I'd love to hear some other um, – there's tons of other part perspectives Part two maybe. Out there. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe we'll do a part two about this. We'll see how people – resonate with it and you know and, and take this in and maybe we'll do a part two of this at some point but um this is really cool i want to do more of these like i said i think i've said that pre you know in previous episodes of like i really enjoy reaching out to people hearing people's stories like it's just the topics we tend to let them come to us yeah um maybe we'll start to reach out to people and see what they want to talk about and and just kind of get a pool of like what are some town hall ideas that we could do in the future? Yeah. And we could start to build on that yeah. because I, you know, it's just nice to hear people's, you know, thoughts and have conversation and dialogue and go back and forth a bit. So look forward to more of these in the future for sure. Um, but until then, I've been Alvin Williams joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Sir. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>